0: Topic of conversation, the man we all praise, the master himself, Weird Al Yankovic, Christmas at Ground Zero. And why is it Christmas at Ground Zero? Because it is the holidays, and that's how we celebrate here on the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network. Uh, You may or may not remember me. I am your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. No, I have not been in hiding uh, no I, I am not uh, in any kind of witness protection program. I did not quit. I have not sold the Rattledge and Broadcasting network to jesse starcher uh i've just, it's been 's been busy around the old Rattledge homestead had some changing in schedules and uh i have just been taking some time to uh get myself adjusted to the new job. but we are here, the final metal hammer of doom episode of the year, and we are doing a retrospective tonight on the most metal of all, as I said before, Mr. Weird Al Yankovic. Unfortunately, my partner in crime, uh, he who wrote the Hammer of Doom news report on 411, Mr. Robert Cooper, the man who brings us all the illegals uh, across the border in North Carolina, could not be here tonight. He is uh, busy with schoolwork and work work, and dirty work, and whatever other kind of work you've got. So, uh, unfortunately, our final episode of the Metal Hammer of Doom will not feature the usual co-host, and in many cases, and as of late, the host, because I have not been present. So, uh, to Robert, we wish you a happy holiday, a merry Christmas, a uh, uh, happy Hanukkah, mad Kwanzaa, and, of course, a prosperous and safe new year. And we'll be back with Robert Cooper on the Metal Hammer of Doom January 15th with with some new material. And uh, But in the meantime, now here's a man who's been holding it down. Here's a man who's been uh, driving around town with the windows down and his fingers upstream, and I don't give a fuck. He's the guy holding the Legend Broadcasting Network on his shoulders like Atlas himself. He is the host. Of source material, Jesse Starcher. How do you do?
1: Very well, sir. And just as Weird Al said, this is not a test. Be prepared, <laughs> because uh, even though you're, we got our metal faithful out there that love to listen to the metal hammer of doom. Just like you said, we we can make a good case for Weird Al to be pretty damn metal. Um, let me let me I want to I want to throw something out here and we're going to wrap it up at the very end of things, okay? This is this is just something that I saw or just occurred to me over the week. Um I I am a man of many podcasts. Uh, not only do I do a few I uh here lately, it's, it, it definitely feels like I've been doing a lot, but uh I also listen to a bunch and there's one very popular one out there right now. It's called uh, Stuff You Should Know, which I don't know if you've ever heard of that podcast,
0: Mark. Yeah, but, I uh, have a friend of mine I, I, he has been telling me for months now I should be listening to that. <laughs>
1: they put out they put out about two or three podcasts a, uh, a week, and uh, the most recent one that they did was on a phenomenon called The Hum. Now, have you ever heard of anything like that before? you ever heard of The Hum?
0: Um, yeah, some girls like to do it. Um, many <laughs> girls, not really. They'll do it because they love their man and they want to make him happy. But uh, <laughs> for the most part, I'm, I'm, girls are not really into hum. Oh um, man! But not highly sure <laughs> cool why we're talking about this on the metal hammer of doing podcast. <laughs> let me let me tell
1: you, because we're, we're, i want to bring it in. I'm going to bring it in at the end. The hum actually uh, is a is a phenomenon that is, let's see, I had it down here because I had to go on Wikipedia. Uh, it involves widespread reports of a persistent and invasive low frequency humming, rumbling, or droning noise not audible to all people. Okay? And one of the theories behind it is that people are actually somehow hearing electromagnetic frequencies. Now, I just want to leave it at that. Okay, folks? I'm starting out with the hum, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to end with the hum. So be prepared. That's that's all right. that's all I wanted to say.
0: Jesse's get, Jesse's giving you a Hummer at the beginning of the show <laughs> and he will give you another one at the end of the show. Everyone keep that in mind.
2: Speaking <laughs> of really put job, the numbers
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of low jobs, here's, an, here's another man who in my absence has definitely been holding up his end, uh holding it down, keeping the Radilegend broadcasting train moving forward. Uh this man, of course, hosts from the Chief Seats He's a good friend of uh, our good buddies over there at Casual Heroes. At least one or two of them. Uh, of course, this is Jason Teasley. How do you do, sir?
3: I'm here for my nature trail to hell. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. In three, um, by the way, just one one last thing on the on the uh, on, on why sure. we're doing Weird Al and, and you know my calling him metal and all of that. Look, if Green Day can said the most punk rock thing they could do was record the, the time of your life which as you know is a ballad featuring string instruments uh, I can then make the case that Weird Al Yankovic is, is, a, is as metal as anything else and with that Absolutely. being said um, Weird Al Yankovic started off as uh, an accordion playing sort of um, comedian slash uh, he, he was a, a bit of a um, he yeah, had kind of an act to him. Um, he uh, the the accordion was sort of his gimmick, and he would go on the Doctor Demento show and play uh, parody songs and this and that. And in 1983, he came out with his first album, uh, self-titled Weird Al Yankovic, and. The big hit that kind of came from that is one we're going to start off with here. It's why I decided to include it. And we're we're going to play maybe one or two tracks from each album going forward. But um, the people who... Most people will, will have heard of Weird Al Yankovic after his next album. We'll get to it momentarily. But this is the one that got it going. And this is the song that he would play on Dr. Demento and that got some college radio play and really launched the, uh, the career of Weird Al Yankovic. This is... A parody of queens, another one ride another one bikes the dust. This is another one rides the bus. <laughs> Things that, um, and I want to get your guys' reaction to this. One of the things that makes Weird Al really special is um, he's not just a parody writer. He isn't just you know kind of taking songs, finding words that rhyme, and making another song out of it. There's two things that make him very distinctive and special in the world of music. Um, one, early on in his career, he didn't just parody the music. I've, you know, he broke it down and played it on an accordion in that in, in that instance, but. I think the bigger thing that makes Weird Al special, I'll hear from Jesse and then Jason, is he has, throughout his career, been a social critic. His songs really do take a snapshot of society at that time, and his songs are his observations, his editorials on the culture at large. And that's one of the things that I've always really enjoyed about Weird Al, like, he isn't just doing a parody for a parody's sake. He, like South Park and The Daily Show and you know, many shows that are on today, really taking a poke at society at large and uh, and commenting on it in a, in a fun way, in a way that makes you laugh, in a way that's entertaining. But I, I think the criticisms were serious.
1: I agree. Um, you know, his... Uh first off I want to give a shout out to the uh the hand farts that was uh, that was in that song because that just <laughs> made it much so much more funny. Um but uh if you hear the accordion going you can hear him making the the hand noises along with it. But uh and fart jokes are always good. But uh the one thing that I noticed you you're talking about a snapshot of society. If you look at a, a lot of his songs um especially in the later stuff I can see a lot of timely references of things that are, I mean, really are specific to that point in time in which that song was created. Uh, I know I'm jumping ahead of myself, but when we, you know, when you hear um, all about the Pentiums, (laughs) computer technology is definitely one of the most changing things that uh, I guess you should say it changes so quickly uh, It's hard to keep up And there's a lot of references to stuff in there That are You know Just definitely for that period um, But you know <laughs> People piling on the bus And It just stinking and reeking I've never thank Thank the good lord I've never had the Displeasure of having to ride a bus Especially into a in a big city. I lived near Columbus for a while and almost at one point was thinking about trying to do public transit, but I lived so far out of Columbus that I couldn't do it. Uh, and I, that was one of my biggest fears was getting on there. And then, you know, I'm, I'm sitting down, I'm trying to go to my, my job. And then we got, we've got another guy that's just trying to go get, uh, to his next, Drug score sitting beside me. It made me all, you know. It it kind of, but this song definitely encapsulates that, in my opinion. Uh, So
0: yeah, yeah, I hear you. Bill Cosby, real quick. Bill Cosby actually, um, in one of his uh, older bits, and we're not going to get into his current situation. But uh, one of one of Bill Cosby's old bits was he used to talk about, um, and he was talking about the subway. But you know, two winos on the subway, and he was like, you know, the greatest thing about. New York is the free uh, you know, the free show, and uh, he was like the free show I'm talking about is the subway car, and he's like if you get in one car you see you know you see the headliners of it, um, in these two winos talking to each other, and, it's, he's, and then he goes into just complete gibberish back and forth, and the punchline <laughs> at the end of it is you know, um, you know so where do you guys go next? He's like well they they bring us to the next stop, and then they, they let us announce where the buses are going. <laughs> it's completely unintelligible. Um, but yeah, it, it is a well-known, you know, meme of society that public transportation is usually filled, and I have experienced this. is usually filled with just a cross section of society, ranging from Phil to you know the people with money, and it really is just uh, a, a a picture in and of itself, Jason.
3: Yeah, I mean, but usually those people are out in the back of the bus park. But <laughs> I digress. Uh, yeah, Weird Al is uh, actually, he was actually ahead of his time. As, and because his social uh, satire really brings the light, um, like you said, current events and stuff that normally people just kind of brush over. and uh, But he gives it a comedic spin to where people will take notice. All right.
0: Um, the next one, 1984, Weird Al put out an album called Weird Al Yankovic in 3D, and you know, of course, even putting you know in 3D in the title is uh, is certainly a poke at one of the things going on in society at that time. Uh, and those of you watching NXT right now, spoiler alert: Charlotte Flair beat Sasha Banks. So there you go. Um, anyway. Um, So uh, at the time, Michael Jackson, of course, was still black and he uh, he was at the top of the charts and beat it was uh, (laughs) sweeping the nation. So here we have a situation where Weirdo Yankovic takes the song and makes it his own. It's it's one of those it's it was one of those songs that people that people would know Weird Al for and in many cases define Weird Al at least define him in the eyes of other people. It didn't define Weird Al in and of himself. And what I mean by that is later on when he goes to want to parody Nirvana and some others, the first thing they say is, oh, is this going to be about food? And part of the reason why is because it was a very popular uh, hit from 1984's Weird Al Yankovic in 3D parody of Michael Jackson's Beat It, This Is, Eat It. can beat
1: it what do you, what do you make of all this? Oh, some great stuff right there. um, I think you'd mention that this was you know one of the early ones uh video wise that that really brought you into the weird al Yankovic world um and this particular video is probably where you could say was not only does was he perioding par uh not only is he turning a song from one of the best pop artists of the time into something that's freaking hilarious uh he also had an a great video that went along with it MTV is in its early prime right now uh in the in 84 I mean it's just it's getting started and it's getting ready to blow up and um you know he releases this in on MTV and it People are eating it up, and I think that is, I think that really contributed to his popularity and his fame, um, starting out and what made this single uh, such a such a hit. Um, hand farts again. I'm just going to go ahead and keep pointing that out every time I hear him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned it, and as soon and anyway, when I heard it, I was just like, hey, look, "There it is again." And it's not something I ever really like, keyed into before, but now that you're mentioning it, I can't fucking get past it. <laughs>
2: um,
0: this is nineteen eighty four, and of course, you know, MTV is uh it was in its early stages at this time, and so um much like any new content provider, they were they were starving for content to provide and eat it while I think lyrically I mean, it's about getting, you know, it's about parents trying to get their kid to you know, pick a picky kid to eat. It, this is, as I said, you know, Muero Yankovic is very much a social critic. This was not one of those songs. On the other hand, the video is what carries it. The, first of all, it's almost a shot-by-shot shot recreation of, of Beat It, right down to the knife fight, which is hilarious. <laughs> if you'll remember, they tie, like, a rubber chicken <laughs> to the guy's wrists, <laughs> you know, and then, and, and like, square it off, and it's really funny. Um, the the video for this really carried the song, and this is what brought Weird Al into
3: mainstream prominence. Uh, Jason? Yeah, I mean, this, this was a, a song that I was singing along with. I, I took my headset off and did a little jig as I sang along with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this is one of, I mean, it's just as classic as the actual video it parodied because, I mean, just when the music hit, I mentally I seen the inflation and, you know, him basically donning the fat suit and dancing around, and I just kind of giggled to myself because I grew up with that. Uh, I mean, like I said, it was early um, stages of MTV, so when I did get to watch MTV, you at least seen that once an hour along with Beat It. And normally where, you know, you would see them kinda of played back to back if it was late in the evening and it kinda of made you chuckle because you would you would hear the music and be like, Man, they're going why are they playing this again? And then you would see the the air inflated suit and Weird Al's face pop up. Now you're With actually you're actually thinking of
1: uh, we're going to get to that song uh, because Caleb that was that was Caleb's favorite song. That's that video I think you're thinking of is actually Fat. Um, oh yeah,
3: that is Fat. That is eat, Fat. Eat it! I
1: I, re, I I watched it here for some reason. Of course, when he let, released his most recent album, I went on a Weird Al Yankovic video phase where I was playing him, and of course he had to introduce. I was like, man, I've never introduced Weird Al to my kids. So the best way to do that is, you know, turn on YouTube on the TV and, um, eat it. We watched eat it a couple of times. And just like Mark was saying, it, it, it's almost like a shot for shot thing. I, I honestly, the video itself, when I was a kid, loved it. Just like Teasley saying, I mean, it was, it was, it was awesome to be able to see that, um, but uh but nowadays, for some reason, it just doesn't translate to me and i'm that's probably because I'm old uh but uh you know, and the kids didn't really like seem to like eat it so well, but the fact that it is shot for shot of that video, I never even put that together um so yeah, I'm definitely I'm gonna have to re-watch it and compare now 'cause 'cause that uh and, and, and Teasley, Bar- they
3: they had they had m t v
1: actually in West Virginia.
3: Yeah, a uh, certain cable. I did have it at my house because his house. He was like two miles down the road, and he was on a different cable provider, so I didn't get MTV at my house till I was a senior in high school. Did you have the big satellite dishes in your yard, like the huge, big old satellite dishes? No, my next-door neighbor did, and I, I was too young <laughs> to figure out how to slice it and run get, a cable get, to my house.
1: Get the Spice but Channel and the Playboy Channel?
3: Mark, you, you <laughs> bring up how how can you make... um. Weird Owl Metal. And on this album, there is a song that is probably the closest thing and my favorite song, well my second favorite song, by Weird Owl. And that's Catrell. And yeah, it is probably the hell. That, is, that is probably about as as metal as Weird Owl will ever get. <laughs> and it is a All great that. song. It it falls it falls slowly behind my Song, which we'll be bringing up here shortly. I don't know if it, I think it's on uh, two albums from now, but yeah, Nature Trail to Hell is definitely uh, my second favorite song by him. But it's it, you, you see not only his comedic genre and what goes on in his head when creating these songs, but it He'll just gives you a sort of
0: I was going to say, he gets progressively grosser as the albums go on, to, to the point where in some of them I was just like, this is too much for me. And I think he's since backed away from how gross he got. But, yeah, there are some songs like One More Minute, which which, which I don't remember if I put it on here. Um, we may or may not get to it. But I just remember thinking, like, this is, this is gross and unnecessary.
3: <laughs> this is a great album, though. I mean, you had Eat It, The Brady Bunch, Buy Me a Condo, uh, I lost on Jeopardy, baby. Ooh. Yeah. and our, and our uh, next one,
0: and our, our next one, which I want, I want to get to it, because like, we're still talking about the same album. Um, of course, 1984, 1983 brought us Survivors, Eye of the Tiger, which came from a one of the greatest cinematic achievements in all of mankind, Rocky Three. It, <laughs> it was. <laughs> Rocky Balboa celebrating the 80s it was the, it was really the proudest moment for Italians worldwide uh it gave us Mr T as Clubber Lang it was of course the film that that uh caused Hulk Hogan to leave the WWF and go to I think the AWA um and then make his triumphant return to the WWF under Vince McMahon Jr and of course then lead the rock and wrestling connection Which, by the way, if you have the WWE Network, you should watch the latest episode of Rivalries with him and Piper. It was really, really good. In any case, um, yeah, the Survivor's Eye of the Tiger, first of all, if that's not on your, you know, I'm going to lose weight mix or I'm going to train for a fight mix or train for the the big game, you know, then then you're just not an American. (laughs) Eye of the Tiger was the shit back in the day and to this day if no one remembers anything else about Survivor they remember the Eye of the Tiger and this is a parody of that called The Theme from Rocky 13 Neighborhood From the tuna, it smells funny tonight. <laughs> I I get just as excited listening to that as I do the actual "I Am the Tiger." Jesse,
1: oh, that's good stuff, man! You get that bump but a bump, you know, you, you that beat. Just like you said, that is a song that you need to have uh, on your uh, on your playlist. Um, I went through and uh listen to all the songs uh that we were going to put on here. Uh ah man, ever since the new album dropped, I I I've been listening to Weird Al a lot, a lot more than I used to. Um this comes off of Dare to Be Stupid, correct? Or is this uh is this still in in, in 3D?
0: I can't remember. No, Where's the one Where's still on in
1: 3D? In 3D. Okay. Um let me tell you guys a quick story. All right. I won't make it very long.
3: So None be of your a quick stories one. are quick.
1: <laughs> all right. This, this album, I think is the first tape of, uh, weird Al Yankovic that I was actually able to get, uh, you know, I was, gosh, we're talking 84. So I'm pretty, pretty young at this point in time. And, I can remember it was, sometimes you got the white tapes and sometimes you got the clear tapes. Uh, but anyway, this I can remember this one particularly was one of those clear or one of those white ones. And uh, my my uh, stepfather had a, an opportunity to hear. I know we're jumping back, but he had the opportunity to hear overhear me listening to Nature Trail of Hell. Okay, and he came in. Grabbed this tape out of my tape player and asked me what it said, and I said, <laughs> it, "It says Nature Trail to hell. in 30 and days. It, and <laughs> he proceeds to rip the tape out of. The, I've, I, I saw the the you know the the tape flying out of the actual cassette as he's ripping it, and then he throws the tape in the trash. And if you want to talk about, this is Weird Al, the the most hilarious, you know, one of the most hilarious people that I was able to actually listen to uh, back then. And to get that, of all things, thrown away in front of my face because of that one word, hell, uh, is is something else. Uh, And I'll never, ever, ever to this day forget it. I think it took me about another ten years before I ever asked my mom or... (laughs) Anybody to buy me another another tape, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, you, Rocky thirteen. I mean, obviously, again, we're we're talking one of the most popular movies uh, that was out at that point in time, and one of the most popular songs. Um, and, and for him to turn it around again, it's a food parody. <laughs>
0: so, uh, well, not a food parody? It's the it's the plot to a movie. You know, it, and yes, the, yes, there's a lot of food in it, but essentially, it's. And, and what, what I find ironic about this, and how we're, really, we're, Weird Al really was ahead of his time, Rocky in the film Rocky Balboa, he's obviously retired. You know, he's he beat the Russian, and then he trained Tommy Gunn, and then Tommy Gunn was stuck in his shadow, so he fought Tommy Gunn in the street where his ring is now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and. Uh, <laughs> And 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 so after you know defeating Tommy Gunn and him, dedicating himself to his family, he buys a restaurant. What we find out in Rocky Balboa is uh, Adrian has passed away from cancer, and he's got a restaurant. And I really think it's funny that that Weird Al saw that coming <laughs> so many years before. So many years before, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so in
3: Rocky thirteen, he's got jelly. <laughs>
0: Go
3: ahead, Jason. Yeah, I mean it's, he, he's ahead of his time on multiple things, and you know this is just pretty much one of the glaring ones. Uh, but like I was saying earlier, you know, not, you guys covered uh, the, the thing thirteen. This this also has that boy could dance. It's a great it's King of Suede. King of Suede is the and you know who helped write King of Suede? <laughs> and I did not which know this until, until. I, I, which until
0: is, I, I wasn't. A fa- you gotta remember, I was a little. I was a little kid. You know, just like you guys. I was eight years old when this came out, and um, I had no knowledge of the police. Like I knew Michael Jackson. Everyone knew Michael Jackson. I knew yeah, Survivor. I mean, you know, I had no idea what the fuck the police were. So I had. So they're doing, he doing King the of Swades. <laughs> he, he's doing King of Swade, and. Um, I'm like I don't know what this is a parody of, but I thought it was funny, um, and that was the thing for a long time because I I did not know white people music, I didn't know what he was doing, like, I know, had no we, idea, like,
3: we we know you're a Jive Soul brother. I am, <laughs> and but I'll never get nothing again. And this I'm just going to tell a brief story too. You know, half of these songs, uh, I can hear the actual song.
0: If you're going to tell a story, can now? you be not underwater?
3: Or where you go no, uh, I, 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 you know, I'm on my yellow submarine, all right, but uh, is this better for you sir? Um, like... give me give me a few bars me 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 me, eighty percent me. me, me, me. <laughs> yeah, 80%. us
0: <laughs> well, let, let's try it most if all of a sudden you hear me just play if all of a sudden I just start playing dare to be stupid, no,
3: I can't hear you, all right. Uh, but half the original songs When I hear now I think of the Weird Al covers And it's because I, did, I never heard the original song Before Weird Al And just growing up I, I heard the Weird Al version Because I had all the all the uh, albums and stuff But I could not tell you What some of the real songs actually are Like you said, King of Suede I couldn't tell you what their actual song is I know it is King of Suede Continue
0: <laughs> <laughs> very good that and that was all the way clear I, congratulations alright so let's move on to 1985 this is a great album the, the album is called Dare to be Stupid and we're going to in just a few moments play the title track to it but this has tons of great stuff on it uh, not the least of which was again uh, Weird Al really grasping at um, the the culture and pulling from it some real gems this is his first reference to Star Wars, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, with Yoda, and of course that was a parody of the Kinks' Lola. Um, due to due to time constraints and the fact that no that Jesse didn't upload it, uh, we're not gonna play that one. However, we are going to play a song that would later be featured in the Transformers original movie, uh, with Ultra Magnus and Cup and Blur and the death of optimus prime what a great movie that was uh this is the title track to the album dare to be stupid (laughs) especially with these early albums pretty frequently. Uh as people may or may not remember, especially from the from the aforementioned body count podcast we did, uh, both of them, I grew up until I was twelve years old, uh, in an all black neighborhood, so I grew up listening to East Coast eighties rap. And I and my parents listened to show tunes, Broadway show tunes and fifties music, do wop So I did not get exposed to until much later in life uh 80s new wave classic rock etc uh so I didn't know what the fuck the Devo was
2: <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> I also in my young brain did not know at the time that weird out didn't just do direct pa- parodies like you know beat it eat it he also did style parodies so uh if there was a distinctive style of a band, he would do a song that was pretty original, but would do it in the in the style of that band. And this was one of those uh, very famous ones, actually, where Dare to Be Stupid isn't a parody of any one song; it's in the style of Devo. And I want to say this one other thing. I remember um, as a kid in junior high, my friend and I used to listen to this over and over. And over and over again. <laughs> I mean, we had this bitch on repeat, and we would just walk up and down the street listening to it like a bunch of dorks. Um, just the the wordplay in this, and the, and the use of uh, popular phrases and commercial jingles is hilarious in this song, yeah. they, and I think more so than any of his other earlier songs. This one showed the the genius of Weird Al.
1: Yeah, um, I like I think I, me- I messaged you guys there uh, earlier this week. Uh, I had said that I had to get in there and Google some things, and and of course I, I cut a little joke on old young Robert Cooper about I wonder if he even remembered who Mister Whipple was. Um, the one of the things that I had no idea about, I was trying to figure out what Look for Mr. Good Bar was about. And mm-hmm. I thought it was a freaking candy bar. It is it, it is a movie that came out, which I guess was like really, really... I, I, apparently, it was pretty controversial. I don't, uh, And I think it starred... I want to say Diane Keaton, but I, I could be totally wrong. Um, anyway, I just learned that last month. So in this song I've I've heard this song since I was, you know, a kid. But uh you talk about mashing a lot of phrases into one song. There <laughs> to be stupid <laughs> was I mean every you, you scratch an itch and I mean just about anything you could think of is in there. Um and then he throws in some crap that's just like has you could I've never heard it's like spitting on a fish which
0: Again, oh no! My favorite one is stick your head in the microwave and get yourself a tan.
1: <laughs>
0: Did you see which that? I won't uh, do now, which I won't do yeah. now, but I can't tell you how many ways my friends and I used to rearrange that so that it was a, a knock on homosexuals or whatever. Alrighty then. There is
1: a there is a uh, there was a controversy a while back uh, where somebody had uh, supposedly put out an app for your iPhone, where you could put it in the microwave and it would recharge your iPhone in like a minute. And idiots out there were doing it. Of course. (laughs) They would, of course, fry their iPhone. But anyway, one more thing.
0: Uh, Is is this
1: song actually in the Transformers movie?
0: Yes, sir. When they arrive on the planet of Junk and they are attacked by the Junkians, Led by of course Rekgar played by Eric Idol. They play this song. This is the fight this, song.
1: This is a fight song? Yes, sir. Wow. I, I I seriously just saw that on Wikipedia and I had it down here in my notes. It's like I've got to mention this. You covered it, and it still blows my mind. I, I don't I don't understand how in the world uh they that, that's
0: they not only possible. fight to this song. They not only fight to this song, but when Cup and Hot Rod show up in the uh, in in the ship that they stole from the not the Sharktacons the master of the Sharktacons the Quintessons, Um you can tell, I just watched this with my kids not that long ago. <laughs> uh, they stole the ship from the Quintessons, and uh, so when Cup and Hot Rod show up with the Dinobots, uh, Cup talks TV to er- to to, to, to idol, and at that point they're like, "Oh, you're okay then," and then they all start dancing. They dance wow. at the end of that whole scene, and so the song. So the song is playing while they're fighting, and then it's lowered to do the bit with 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 Cup and Rettgar, and then they're like, "Oh, wow, Bob, we grata, we ninny Bob," and then they start dancing,
1: and then they raise <laughs> the music again. I've got to watch that again. Wow. Oh yeah.
0: And just find that scene on YouTube. Yeah, it's, it's got to be on YouTube. The- yeah. Um, and by the way. Bob Weep Grana Weep Nini Bob is the is the 2015 Rattaligan Broadcasting phrase that pays. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs>
3: yes.
0: Hey. Hashtag Bob Weep Grana Weep ninny Bob. <laughs> All right. Um.
3: Just just remember, and Luke, stay away, marker side. And if you start to go straight, let the force be your right. Oh my Yoda. Yoda. I know. Dar- right. I know. Darth Vader's really got you annoyed. Remember, if you kill him, then you'll be unemployed. Oh my Yoda. <laughs> yeah,
0: we 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 will definitely play uh some some Star Wars Weird Al in a little bit, but for right now let's uh let's actually move on to nineteen eighty six where we find ourselves with Weird Al Yankovic's release, Polka Party. Um, we're gonna play one of the polkas. We could do an entire podcast of just the polkas they have one on every album, and those are an amalgamation of different uh these are medleys. Of different pop songs of the time, and they're time capsules. They're they really they're they're time capsules played as polkas. Which, if you ever have an opportunity to go to a German beer garden, um, you don't have to go to Germany. They have one here in Tampa. Um, the beer garden that I go that I used to go to before uh, before I had kids and was allowed to have a life was um, <laughs> they actually had a guy playing traditional polka. And I marked out the one time I heard him do the She's Too Fat For Me Polka, which is a real thing. That's great. Um anyway, Polka Party, nineteen eighty six. We uh, we have our first, as I recall, our first parody of a Madonna song,
3: and which of course was um uh no, what? the first parody of a Madonna song was on the last album. Yep. Like a surgeon it was
0: Okay, no, okay, you know what? I read that wrong. Sorry. We are, um you're absolutely right. Which is not the next song we're gonna play. We are on <laughs> <Han> Polka Party. <laughs> and uh this is a parody of James Brown's Living in America called Living with a Hernia. to a rocky movie this is Rocky 4 where they had James Brown living in America as um lip-synced by Carl Weathers uh, who plays Apollo <laughs> Creed right before he is done murdered by uh Dolph Lundgren's Drago and I in-
1: must break you
0: <laughs> and boy did he ever <laughs> um so I like this one of all the I mean, polka party I don't think was as good as some as the previous ones. This one was a bit, uh, you know. I, I think now is a good time to bring up the fact that not every album Weird Al put out was stellar, and some fa- some were not as good as others. Um, and that, that might be you know choice of songs, uh, what he did with those songs, what have you. But I don't remember Polka Party really lighting lighting anyone's candles per se. Uh, maybe you guys disagree. Uh, but I remember when I was looking through the track listing, this was the one that jumped out at me. Yeah, this is uh, this is
1: his worst selling album, I believe, out of all fourteen that the guy put out. Um, it, they uh, in '86, uh, you know, he puts this out, and it it doesn't get anywhere near the fair fair, fanfare that uh, um, Dare to be stupid had. And so at this point in time, this is he felt that you know he was actually on a decline um and you there's some good there's some good stuff on this album i this is one of the actual tapes i remember actually buying this one um and uh there's a lot of i don't know i mean besides living with a hernia that one never really jumped out at me i think dog eat dog was one of my favorites um off of the that's a uh, parody of uh, Crap I can't remember the name of the band um, I want to say The Cars but I really or maybe it was Talking Heads I think it's a parody of a Talking Heads song um, pretty much it's just a song about some guy trying to make his way up the corporate ladder and there's a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff that happens in that one here's Johnny do you guys remember what the uh, oh
3: yeah what that
1: that one's based off of uh, well I guess I should say what it's a parody of um, short Circuit, and yes. uh, that's the song came out for Short Circuit, and um, what was it? Well, of course we we already played Christmas at Ground Zero, which is probably my second favorite song off of this album. Um, but there, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you know, other than Polka Party, which is a great, again, a great encapsulation of the songs of the time. Um, there isn't a whole lot of stuff
3: on here that wows me either. And I'm just going to throw this out there: never heard the first song. Off this album until tonight. No,
0: <laughs> I feel bad. One of the things that Weird Al has said in interviews is that he um, he puts out an album, he goes on tour. Which, by the way, if you have if you have children, and even if you haven't, uh, and you haven't had an opportunity to go see Weird Al Yankovic in concert, you need to go. Put it on your bucket list. It's one of those things you have to do. Yeah. Weird Al Yankovic in concert was one of the most fun shows. I've ever been to. And you want to talk about showmanship and uh, effort that he puts into a performance. He does several costume changes throughout the show. Wow. Like he puts on the fat suit. You know, he he does it all. Um, and it's, it's great. I saw him at the Westbury music fair with my boy Chuck and uh, he, you know, he played in the round and it was great. Um, if I ever have an opportunity to bring my kids to go see Weird Al, regardless of whether or not they've ever actually heard his music, I'm going to do it because it was a really, really fun show for all ages. I am not getting a check for that, even though I know it sounds like it. In any case, one of the things that Weird Al Yankovic has said is, you know, is he puts out an album, he goes on tour, and then he goes away for a while. And people think, oh, Weird Al's done. So then when he comes back and puts out an album – People are like, oh, Weird Al's back. He's, you know, he's having a comeback. And much like LL Cool J, he's been here for years. You know, people go away for years between albums. Metallica, uh, I think, after the Black album, their their next studio album was Load and Reload, and it was, you know, like five, six, twelve, twenty years in between them because they went on tour forever um you know you would but you wouldn't have called low to come back and i'm not getting into a debate over the merits of that <laughs> album but this is this is not what we're here to do um but my my point being is that you know he took 2 years and came back with with this next one which is a <laughs> so 1988 brings us even worse which is a recreation of Michael Jackson's album bad get it Michael Jackson, bad. Peter Yankovic, even worse. <laughs> and, you know, it, this is a tale as old as time. Is You know, you go out there and you put something out for public consumption and it doesn't do as well, and maybe it wasn't, it wasn't enough of what people had come to expect from you, so you go back to the well. And in this case, he, he did. He went, he went to What Works. Uh, he parodied a popular Michael Jackson song of the time, which was bad. And this is what Jason Teasley was talking about, you know, with the fat suit and everything else. This is another one that was that was definitely carried on the back of the video, um, while the song itself, you know, you could say, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. The video was all over the place and is to this day one of the one of the more talked about Weird Al videos that he's ever done. And my last comment on this before I play the song is, <laughs> you you ain't fat, you ain't nothing. <laughs> My friends and I repeat that ad nauseum.
4: the king of cellulite. Ham on, ham on, ham on whole wheat. All right. My zippers bust, my buckles break. I'm too much man for you to take. The pavement cracks when I fall down.
0: You ain't fat. You ain't nothing. It's Ding Dong Man. Ding Dong. Ding Dong Man,
3: you know, <laughs> yo. <laughs> you know a uh, famous tax evasion black man is in that video, right? Wesley Snipes? Wesley Snipes? Yes. Wesley Snipes is in that video.
0: I you have really? no idea. Yeah. Ah, wow. A fun
3: fact.
1: That's
2: Wesley well,
3: Snipes. That's crazy. I just like the fact that I say a tax evading black man. Most of y'all automatically know the twister. <laughs> well, was, he
0: was—he was in the news for it. It was one of his more infamous, uh, in, infamous moments. But as we all know, the, the R in Rattleshin Broadcasting also stands for racist. <laughs> we, we know this.
3: Well, you've already put people in the back of the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed.
0: Um, all right. Anything on uh, anything on this one, there, Mister Starcher?
1: Uh, my, my son, he adores this video, um, you know, if I put on any of the, any of the new stuff, he's always asking for, I want to watch fat, I want to watch fat. This is the, this is a fat joke in a song, and I mean, that's pretty much all it is, because every, almost every lyric is a fat joke you can use against, against someone of a, a bigger size, I guess, um. Got more chins in Chinatown. I mean, that's that's a classic fat one. Uh, so, uh, what again? Uh, it piggybacks off the video. The video was huge, which I think this is again. I, I echo your sentiments. The one of the largest, <laughs> uh, one of the best, <laughs> one of the best yeah, videos. <laughs> one of the, one of the one of the biggest hits the guy had.
0: Yeah, it. Uh this is definitely one where the, the video uh, carried the weight of the song and, and made it as popular as it was. And I think, uh, much like "Eat It," if you say "Weird Al" to people, this is the, this is one of the songs they'll, they'll say. Like if they know nothing else of Weird Al, you know, it's kind of like with wrestling. He was like, "Hey, what do you know about wrestling?" "Oh, Hulk Hogan, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin." He was like, "What do you know about Weird Al?" "Ah, uh, Fat, Eat It." You know, it's again when you when you're going after the king of pop, you are definitely going to attract. Uh, listeners and attention for yourself. So um even worse was was definitely one of his better selling albums. Uh now you have a now you picked a song off of this one as well. We're gonna play two songs from here. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about this next one called The Good Old Days. Oh, I'll let
1: Teasley take this one over. I, I enjoy the song but I know this is Teasley's bread and butter right here, so Teasley have at it, man. Uh yes, this is my favorite weird ass song. Um
0: you have to come up for air, buddy.
3: You can't be underwater. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know if it's my mic messing up because my headset's a piece of shit, and I need to buy me a new one.
1: Well, it, it so, works when okay. you want to. When you want to, yeah, when you want to bitch about your headset, it works fine. But then all of a sudden, it's like. Well,
3: I was adjusting it as I was bitching about it.
1: I got you. Okay, good. Uh,
3: but it. good old days is probably my all-time favorite Weird Out song. I mean, it's done in the. Uh, it's a parody of James Taylor. Uh, if Anybody don't know who James Taylor is, you've probably been living under a rock. But he's uh, most famously, he has uh, the Toy Story song, You Got a Friend in Me. Um, uh, uh, I've Seen Fire and I've Seen Rain. But but this song is just, it is one of these songs that lures you into false hope. That it's going to be a nice, heartfelt song. And then it takes a dark turn. And then all I'm going to give you guys, uh, if anybody hasn't heard it, be prepared to uh, just just enjoy yourself. It is the greatest song of Weird Al's career. That's all <laughs> I can say about it.
4: Dad would be up at dawn He'd be watering the lawn Oh, maybe going fishing again Oh, and Mom would be Fixing up something in the kitchen Fresh biscuits or hot apple pie And I'd spend all day long In the basement Torturing rats with a hacksaw And pulling the wings off a fly Those were smile. He'd say howdy when you walked in the door. Always treated me nice, gave me kindly advice. I don't know why I set fire to his place. Oh, I'll never forget the day I bashed in his head. Well, you should have seen the look on his face. Let me tell you now, those were the good old days. Those were the good.
3: Oh my gosh. This this I, I, song second verse. The the whole because, you know, talking yeah, I'll never forget to look in his face when I bash <laughs> It's like Yes.
1: Yeah, this this song right here, I mean, you talk about uh, it's just so such a lovely little melody and then, you know, it's it is wrapped in these lyrics that just take you down this dark path. Uh it's it's horrible. Um, you know the the last part about where he he talks about <laughs> meeting his homecoming date proceeds yeah. to
3: put her. So I, sh- I shaved her and left her in the middle of the desert. I can still hear her screams. <laughs> the
1: the the moral of the story is that sociopaths are people too. Pete, just just remember that.
3: Okay, I just got a question. None sure. of them even year? host
1: podcasts
3: <laughs> <clears throat> on Tuesday nights live here at ten o'clock from the cheap seats with Jason Teasley and Jesse Starcher. The sociopath being Teasley. Mm. That's me. But seriously, do okay, if you guys, knowing my personality and hearing that song, is it kind of obvious it's my favorite Weird Al song for a reason?
0: First of all, I don't know how you and Chris haven't formed a tag team and come out to that song.
3: <laughs> Have you never listened to Cheap Seats? Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory <laughs> why we haven't formed a tag team. Listen to seats here on the Radliger Broadcast Network. 10 Tuesday nights. Let's we'll call that a Cheatsuits.
0: <laughs> okay, so I, I guess plug. that you and Chris don't get along or or whatever, but still, I think uh, if, I, if I I I've ever along. heard two people who need to come out to that song and walk to a wrestling ring or whatever, it's you two guys.
3: You have kind of a similar sociopath personalities, don't we? You oh, almost, man. I
0: mean, you could almost be the same guy, you know. If no, no. Um, yeah, then,
3: then I would have, to, to what We'd go out. I'd come out. i come out another weird out
0: song. <laughs> is there any way you could not use your microphone and just use the computer's direct mic?
3: No, there is no way. I can, try, I can try to hook up the other. No, I can't either because I lost it. Okay. But well, I just can. want. I, I was just debating for now. I just I just wanted to come on here, here always and tell you how much I, I like like being on because. Time I was on here, uh, I think we had like six hundred some listens. Oh, so I mean, you know, I figured without Coop here, I didn't. I I figured I would come on just for the MVP <laughs> boost. Yeah, yeah, my the, wife's the, not here, buddy, but yeah, this isn't getting eight hundred <laughs> listens. Well, we already, we, not... we already had the comment that said that she offered nothing to the podcast, and then that just yeah, made. Well, and I just mean, and I obviously you carried it by yourself. Bitches be whores and haters be haters.
0: Um, that guy uh, no, clearly does think, like, Look, anyone, saying, that, comments, any, anyone that comments negatively about my wife clearly doesn't get laid.
3: I'm just saying. He said, Melissa offered more than I did, and she's the one that got the negative comment. I would just go, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, and it was fine. like.
0: Let's, uh, finish. Finish.
3: But anyway, I just wanted to come on and say hi to you guys. I actually I got to get in bed because I've got an early morning, and you know I know you guys was without Coop, so I just wanted to come in and give you a third perspective for a little bit and listen. Okay, well
0: I'm glad you were able to come on for as long as you were, and um, especially for that song. So we certainly appreciate your participation. And yes, go ahead and listen, tune in every Tuesday night to From the Cheese Seeds, hosted by. Uh, The aforementioned Jason Teasley and guest and um, co-hosted by uh, Jesse Starcher. They talk about uh, what's going on in the world of sports, uh, the news, et cetera, et cetera. So go ahead and give that a listen. It's a great show. They do a good job, those guys. Um, And we're glad to have had Teasley on tonight. We'll talk to you later, Teas. All right. See you
3: guys later. Later, man. Bye. All
0: right. Um, So our next album we're going to talk about is actually a soundtrack to a movie that a weirdo worked on. It would be, uh, the first of many, uh, other ventures that he would get into besides parody music. This was the cult hit comedy. I don't know if hits actually the right word, but cult comedy, UHF, which was about, um, which was about a man who endeavors to bring a UHF channel, uh, fame and notoriety, um, as it's, uh, as Going at, going, down, going Down in Flames. Okay, I haven't watched the movie in a while. That, that's about what I remember. It actually features uh, Kramer from Seinfeld as a janitor who gets his own show. There's a lot of really, really random funny things in this movie, um, but uh, what stood out to me was actually a song, it's a parody of an R.E.M. song called Stand. This is called Spam. <laughs> Actually, so let's talk a little bit about the movie UHF. Um, I remember I don't remember what the name of the game show was, but there was a game show where people got hit in the face with fish. Um, <laughs> there was a the fire hose. That was the bit with uh, with Kramer, where like he had a, they gave him like a kid show. That was like something like a Pee Wee's Playhouse, and he was like, "You get the fire hose, yay!" And he just the face fire hose. Oh yeah. Oh god,
1: that was funny. That that particular movie, I I'm a huge Weird Al fan, never watched the movie. That and what's funny is, is I I it's just a matter of me trying to get a hold of it. I've had uh I've always been wanting to look for it, keep forgetting to try and find it so I can sit down and watch it. Um have you had a chance to watch the video for this song? No. Okay. Well, that particular moment that you're talking – or not not spam, I'm sorry, for UHF. Um, uh, for some reason, I immediately – I guess you to say, have you had a chance to watch the video for UHF, the actual video for that song? No. Okay. Well, the bit that you're talking about with uh, with Kramer is actually in that video. Um, if you get a chance to go on YouTube, I, you want to see – we talk about all the polkas that he does – is a snapshot of some of the pop and and great songs that are going on in that. He does in that particular video same thing. He lampoons, I think four or maybe five different videos. Um you remember Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer? Yes. Th- that that particular video was a, a pretty, you know, I think it was all claymation or something I, or some there was there's a very um, a very distinct significant look to that video also robert palmer's uh oh what the heck was the name of that one where the the chicks are just kind of dancing around the with with the black hair slick back um i'm not no no um shoot my my stepdad used to we had the Rob. now i'm talking robert palmer the pop artist not not led zeppelin obviously but uh Man, I can't remember that. And there's ZZ Top. I think there, there's a ZZ Top portion in that in that video. But he lampoons like three or four videos with that original song. But does the you know does those uh, those looks to those videos throughout. You'll if you get a chance, like I said, YouTube it. You'll you'll enjoy it because immediately you'll be like, oh, I remember that video, and oh, I remember that video. If you're a child of MTV, it'll take you back. Um, Trust me. Uh, But anyway, Spam, (laughs) I mentioned, uh, the only good memory I have of Spam is uh, the fact that, you know, I used to go on camping trips with my dad, and lunchtime rolls around, and we're going to have Spam sandwiches. He'd throw it on the little grill and grill up some Spam. Um, (laughs) But there's some great stuff on this album. Um, And this is one of those albums also that I didn't pay attention to until really recently. Uh, there's some funny stuff. For a soundtrack, it's great as a soundtrack to go along with the movie because it really almost kind of – I know a lot more about the movie now that I've listened to the soundtrack. Uh, Gandhi 2. Um, uh, let me see. Spatula City, The Fun Zone. <laughs> I know all those are, I think, parts of the movie, correct? Yes.
0: Okay. Spatula City was actually like a commercial. <laughs> and they play
1: that on this album. It's not, it's some of this shit is so funny. Um, my favorite song off of here, uh, obviously I didn't upload it, but one, one of my favorite songs off of this one is The Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota. Now, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, Weird is very, he, if you look at a lot of his albums, his closers can sometimes run in, I mean, this, The Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota is 6 minutes and 49 seconds. Uh, he's got some closers that uh, go upwards of, above 10 minutes. And The Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota is probably one of my favorites off of this album, just because it's a you know a story about some... <sighs> the dad's just obviously crazy uh, and takes his kids on a trip to go see The Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota, which apparently is three whole days and nights away. Uh, but he tells it in such a great way, tells the story in such a great way, 6 minutes and 49 seconds does not feel like that to me at all. Um but again, as for the movie itself, I really wish I could comment on the movie because I've never seen it other than just bits and parts of it.
0: Yeah, it's one of those um I mean you have a Roku box, I have uh, I have an Apple TV which um Quick Plug I bought today on Apple TV a 2 for 1 for 20 bucks, 17.99, uh Gremlins 1 and Gremlins 2. And a week from tonight, Jesse and I will get together again, and we will be doing an edition of the, the last edition of the year of the Long Road to Ruin, our Christmas episode. We will be discussing the movie Gremlins, though only the first one takes place at Christmas time. That'll probably be the bulk of the conversation. But <laughs> I digress. Uh, uh, and I think for the most part, you can find uh, most movies now um through you know what whatever like amazon uh would probably be a good one i think if you looked up amazon now you could probably find a digital version of uhf um uh, i'm sh- i'm sure it's out there somewhere um i, I mean, and if you're and if you one of those weirdo people who who has to have a physical version of it which i don't you know just, my 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 daughter has about a half a dozen um a half a dozen Barbie movies on DVD. And I so refused to deal with our Blu-ray player that (laughs) when she wanted to watch watch one of them today, I just went on YouTube to try to find it. And when I couldn't, I gave up and said, you're watching one of the ones we bought digitally. (laughs) So
1: wait a second. Wait a second. Let me ask you here. Why do you not like the Blu-ray players? Is there too much? uh, Because you got to go up there and you got to open up the disc tray
0: and input. And then I got to take the disc <laughs> in and gotta wait for it to load. Oh, Jesus. I, don't I hear you, call. man. I'm right there with you because
1: it just, ha- just so happened a couple of days ago. We were wanting to watch Hunger Games. And I was like, surely this is on Netflix. And I, I knew I had a copy of it downstairs in the basement. My ass did not want to go downstairs in the basement. <laughs> I'm like, I'm doing everything I can. Plus, I've got to open up the door to the cabinet and then freaking. It. It, the Blu ray player takes forever to load up. And I, I feel your pain. Let me just say, I feel your pain 100%. Oh, <laughs>
3: so, what? I also, you gave
0: up. Listen, there are certain things that I will purposely try to get a physical copy of as a collector. And one of those things is uh, the special edition. Lord of the Rings. You know, I have that. I have those on on Blu-ray. And when next and, and next year when they release the um special editions of all three Hobbit movies um, with extended versions like they have right now for the Desolation of Smaug, uh I will I will buy that as well. However, I'm so lazy and so prone to um instant gratification. That I almost bought the extended version of *The Desolation of Smaug* um, digitally through Verizon <laughs>
2: because I wanted
0: to watch. I wanted to watch like the the the, the extra twenty five minutes. I was about to pay twenty bucks for, and I know I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray.
2: <laughs> but
0: uh, <laughs> so, anywho, um, while well, UHF was was some was somewhat of a cult classic, and and it was funny to me at the time. Um, It did not exactly do blockbuster numbers at the box office. And again, Weird Al kind of fell off the face of the earth for a bit. Um, Though, again, he talks about this in in one of the myriad specials he's been a part of, whether it's a behind the music or a documentary or whatever. Those moments when, those years where Weird Al is not front and center in, in the camera putting out an album he's actually um he's actually doing direct d- directorial work he's been uh, he's directed a lot of videos for uh, Hanson hansen and and other uh teeny bop uh, bands and such so he's so he's always busy weird, weird al yankovic has never hurt for work uh so he's a movie he's a uh, music video director among other things and uh after u h f he uh he went behind the camera for a bit to do some work. And it was one of those deals where, again, people were like, oh, well, that's the end of Weird Al, you know? He sort of hit his peak with uh, with Eat It and such, and, and he's never quite been as good. And then 1992 came around. The world changed. A punk band from Seattle categorically changed the music industry, changed the culture, changed the world uh, in many ways, and that band was fronted by heroin addict Kurt Cobain. The band, of course, was Nirvana, and they wrote a song that was mostly gibberish called <laughs> "Smells Like Teen <laughs> Spirit." And the, despite the fact that it was mostly gibberish, uh, I fell in love with the band, the song, and I know for me it changed my life. I, you know, I'm not I, uh, for those who listen to our Pantera retrospective. I am not going to start telling tales from uh, when I was in high school. Suffice it to say. I was a different person before, uh, never mind, than I was after hearing it. That being said, Weird Al, of course, um, again, tackling the uh, cultural, uh, cultural memes of the time, took it upon himself to parody Smells Like Teen Spirit. And again, when he went to Kurt Cobain and asked him permission to parody the song, uh, the first reaction Kirk Cobain had was, "Is this going to be about food or something?" And Weird Al said, <laughs> "No, it's actually, excuse me, it's actually going to be about how nobody can understand your lyrics."
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: With that being said, here is 1992's parody hit, "Smells Like Nirvana." Another one where if you knew what the if you saw the video and if you were in high school like I was in the nineties, you saw the video. Um, this is the one where they've got the cheerleaders wearing the anarchy um, the anarchy symbol on their outfits, which are all black. And you've got uh, you know like sort of a handful of kids in in the stands, and they're moshing, and uh, the the whole thing is kind of bleak. And then there, there's a janitor. The janitor. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a janitor of some sort just hanging around, um, and it's it, it was uh, again you have to remember that Nirvana sort of ends the hair band movement. Is it, this, this is what would, what would cause people to say rock was dead. So, mm. um, so there, there, there's this there's this. Um, sort of a repeat of what happened in the 70s where, you know, where where punk rock first started, you know, punk rock was sort of a reaction to the arena bands of the time and the excess of rock and roll and all of that, you know, Nirvana and what was dubbed the alternative or the grunge movement was again, a reaction to what, you know, was a reaction to the eighties, you know, the, the, the bleak nineties, were, was a guttural reaction to the excess of the 80s, and that's what Nirvana sort of kicked off. So um, Weird Al goes about re- recreating this video, and it took elements of it that t- today, when I think about them, are still to me re- really funny, like Dick Van Patten. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the audience just kind of, you know, somewhat I think knocks a sandwich out of his hands yeah and the janitor the janitor finds a tutu in the mop bucket and puts it on so some dancing around
1: They <laughs> got the uh the cheerleader or one of the, there's crowd surfing going on, but it's like this cheerleader dummy that's getting thrown about and and uh <laughs> getting getting uh horrendous just getting beat the crap out of um yeah yeah you know when you when I'm listening to this song, I immediately see the video uh because it, this just like you said, I was in school 92, I'm starting it, I'm I think I'm getting ready to go into high school, and MTV is, you know, MTV at this point in time, they're actually still showing videos, folks, believe it or not, in 92.
0: Yes, they have um, these, they have these things buzz clips. Buzz uh, clips, folks. These were popular <laughs> videos, cutting-edge popular videos of the time. Uh, buzz yeah. clips were, were, ranged from The Beastie Boys is Sabotage, Danzig's Mother Live, because Mother had actually come out years before, Um, Rage Against the Machines, uh, Killing in the Name of, and Bomb Track. So, the the, the buzz clips. We don't hear these sort of things anymore, because MTV stopped showing music for some odd reason.
1: Makes Makes my stomach turn. Um, another shout out here, we might actually have a live listener if she's listening right now. My wife, I I told my wife she needs to listen tonight. 1992 was the year that, uh, we started dating. So we, (laughs) we went, we went back, we go back quite a ways, but yeah, off the deep end. And I actually, you know, Nirvana was just like you had mentioned, that was a, uh, a kind of a turning point. I started, I, I got that, uh, I got that tape, one of my many tapes that I was able. This was before I joined the Columbia House Record Club, but uh, I somehow got my hands on that tape, and uh, yeah, it, it was definitely changing. So of course, Weird Al's got a—he has a knack for latching on to what's going, what's what's definitely popular at that point in time, and making it, make you know, making it hilarious. Um, you know, great song, great video.
0: Another, real real quick, and then I want to move on to your pick. Uh, One of the other funny parts about his video, lampooning Kurt Cobain's singing style, um, Kurt Cobain, uh, um, murder victim of Courtney Love. I knew you'd (laughs) have to get that in there uh, at some point. uh, Yep, Um, every time. (laughs) (laughs) Murder victim, Kurt Cobain, uh, his singing style uh, was the follow the bouncing ball as they put the lyrics forward. And at one point when he does the bit with the marbles, you just <laughs> question marks. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, talk to me about uh, your. This is one of the ones where we actually doubled up and uh, put two songs from an album on here. And and I have to say, uh, o, uh, "Off the Deep End" was one of my one of my personal favorites from um, from Weird Al. It's 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 definitely like my top five. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your pick here. When I was your age.
1: Okay, Um, just a quick little history lesson here for me. Uh, You know, I had mentioned I had, you know, I had these tapes about off the deep end. Actually, probably UHF was where I I dropped off of, you know, the Weird Al Yankovic radar. I wasn't I wasn't making sure I got these albums or heard them. And of course, at that point in time, you either got a bootleg off of somebody or you were out buying it, which a lot of times you know, at that age, I was, I was, I was buying what I can. Uh, so I'd gotten a little bit more serious in my old age of 14 and said, ah, I can't do this parody stuff anymore. And Weird Al holds a, uh, a special place in my heart and I'll, I'll get to that in the end. But, but, uh, I started getting back in to Weird Al probably about 2003 when it was easier for me to get a hold of the albums and listen to them. We'll just put it that way. And, um, there I was able to catch up on most of the stuff that I hadn't heard. And then 2007 or so rolls around. And you know, it wasn't too long ago. I'm at work. All right. And I've got a guy that sits behind me at work who is, he's the probably one of the, you know, you've, I'm sure you've heard the term, a bullshitter, somebody who can bullshit you. Uh, this guy had a knack for telling some stories that were off the, uh, we'll just say they were off the deep end. We'll go that route. And you're just like, okay, whatever. And you just kind of agreed with the guy because he would tell you something and you just kind of go ahead and nod along with it. Well, this particular song, when I really got a chance to listen to it, and this was back then and back in 2007 at work, I immediately pictured this guy as an an 80-year-old, uh 80 year old man talking to his grandkids and when you hear this song or the bits of it that we're going to play you're going to you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about
0: all right here it is folks 1992s off the deep end when i was your age
1: And uh, I, Obviously, everything's what you start what you see in Weird Al's songs is yeah, we're going to start out strange, but we're really going to start escalating. And you know, at the end, he's talking about how uh, didn't have a lawnmower, we used our teeth to cut the grass. Uh, <laughs> you know, that it, my favorite part of this whole song is the last part where he's where he says, Dad would whoop us every night until a quarter after 12, and then he'd get too tired, and then he'd make us whip ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and I could just see yeah, that I could see my buddy you know my buddy from work trying to tell one of his grandkids that same exact story and expecting them to believe it so oh man it, it, it's one of those songs that just it cracks me up every time I listen to it
0: yeah I um I absolutely like remember that song and, and others like it and and Yeah, just again, it's 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 one of those in the same vein as like you know one more minute or whatever, where you know or the song that uh, Teasley had played before, where you know he he gets you going in one direction and then goes in another and it gets progressively grosser or more violent or whatever.
5: (laughs) Yes, yes,
0: it does. It was definitely a staple of the Weird Al Yank of a catalog. Mm -hmm.
2: All right,
0: um, let's move on to 1993's release. Galapalooza, and and the big attraction here was that uh, Jurassic Park was out, and he was sort of lampooning that. So that's what we're going to start with here. This is a parody of Andy Williams MacArthur Park. Uh, This is Jurassic Park. Someone let T Rex out of his pen. <laughs> uh, I would also like to add at this time that someone indeed left my cake out in the rain. Ah. Oh. <laughs> so real quick, um, it's little to nothing to do, little or nothing to do with what we're talking about here. But you know, this is the metal hammer of doom, and if nothing else, what we do best on this show is tell stories that have nothing to do with the central topic. Um, but uh, uh, one, one of the I'm known for just randomly quoting stuff that I've seen here or there, or everywhere, or even you know, not just necessarily things I've seen on television or in movies. I mean, I'm known for quoting things I heard when I was in high school. Um, yeah, I had a guy walk through our chorus room, um, just blurting out, "I like I like fresh fish, and I cannot lie." Yeah, um, and and I've known to repeat that. Um, <laughs> in any case. <laughs> um, There's an episode of The Simpsons that I quote pretty regularly. Uh, My wife and I will be driving, and I'll just yell out, Andy Williams! Um, (laughs) And and the reason why I'm yelling out Andy Williams is that is a quote from a Simpsons episode where uh, Bart, Milhouse, Martin, and Nelson go on a road trip, and they pass a billboard that says, Andy Williams live in concert. And uh, you know none of the none of the boys are really into it except for Nelson, and Nelson makes them pull over. So you you cut to, um, you know, B- Bart is bored, and Milhouse I think is asleep, and Martin is whatever, and uh, and then they cut to Nelson, who looks just absolutely in love. <laughs> and <laughs> he's like, I didn't think they were gonna do Moon River, and then bam, second encore. <laughs> What, what, he, now, no, go ahead, go ahead. And and well, he's the one where when they see the billboard, he exclaims,
2: "Andy
1: Williams."
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I thought of you
1: because I actually I actually brought up. I I'm, I, I enjoy The Simpsons. I enjoy The Family Guy. I, I don't watch them as much as I would like to. Uh, the Family Guy, obviously, because of, <laughs> I try not to uh let the kids kind of you know watch over my shoulder as I'm watching that show but
0: well hang on regardless, I, got, now I got to interrupt you hang on I got to interrupt you for just one second um yes. did you watch Sunday's episode of Family Guy
1: uh no no I have not
0: okay really quick um the the premise of the episode is that Jesus is a virgin and then and they want to get him laid and as soon as well <laughs> Family Guy is very hit or miss and my wife and I can be lazy parents at times in that you know let my old my my oldest child sit in the room with us when we're watching television that's probably not good for her like family guy but there are episodes Man. of family guy that I can get that we can you can get away with that um mm-hmm. you know or the jokes are just going to go over her head so it doesn't really matter um as soon as i got into jesus you've never been laid well i was friends with this prostitute in high school i had to then pause it and go all right really it's time for bed <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got to draw the line somewhere. Oh man! I well,
0: even I have my limits. Uh, yeah,
1: I hear you. Well, I had to. I had to because I didn't want to miss it on Hulu, The Simpsons Family Guy crossover. I Sorry. had to watch it. Um, I have not heard. You know, you haven't been on here uh, on the network for a while. I, please, the most is that that one of the most awesome fight scenes in an animated movie you've ever seen between Peter and Homer?
0: Sure. Absolutely. It got close oh. at times, but it was definitely epic.
1: Oh. <laughs> it was... Dude, how long did it last? It had to have lasted at least a good five minutes of them fighting. And I just kept thinking to myself... This is this is what it this is what it's supposed to be. I mean, this is what it's boiled down to. Um, but I had not even had a chance to hear your thoughts on it or even seen it. That was a while back, anyway. That that came out, wasn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, that was the start of the television season.
1: Ah, uh, well, I, that would be September then. Um, yeah. Uh, so did you? So you enjoyed it?
0: Yeah, I thought it was gratuitous, but it was also funny. I mean, Family Guy is gratuitous. You know, I mean, uh-huh. Peter Peter bangs his knee. Any any size for you know for ah, two minutes? Ah, you know, they, they cut, ah,
3: yeah, they
0: cut ah, they, <laughs> they, they cut the scenes of Conway Twitty. You know and that that's the joke. So I mean it, it was it was typical kind of you know Family Guy. Um, oh, that's great! I stuff. like. It. All right, so tell me about the Waffle King. Uh, this is another one from Alapalooza, 1993. I don't even remember this song. Tell me about it.
5: Oh
1: man! Just because it's one of the most absurd songs that Weird Al has come out with, uh, or, you know, released on an album there. I think this has got to be this has got to be up there in the top. And he's absurd. And like I said, I don't know if there's such a word as absurdist, but that is Weird Al to a T. The, all this song is about is about this guy who can make waffles, and he's so damn good at it that he gets treated like he is the shit. And... uh <laughs> So he's not humble about it either. He proceeds to walk around this town and degrade people and make people bow to him because his waffle making is so great that he feels that he deserves the accolades that he gets. And in fact, he feels that he deserves more. I mean, he made it into People magazine for crying out loud. Um, But. It's it just takes it into such a crazy level. Uh, it always always makes me laugh. I think that is it's it's my favorite off of this album for sure. So, if you'd, would you please, sir?
0: All right, here we go. This is Waffle King off of Alapalooza, 1990. <laughs> For the audience's benefit, when um, we set up this show, I said, you know, pick. And this is originally when, when Cooper was involved. I said, look, everyone, just make a list independently of what anyone else is picking. Don't worry about what I'm picking or what you're picking. Just pick a song, one song from every album. And if we if we have doubles, then obviously, you know, we'll we'll cut those. But um, you know, we'll just we'll just play you know kind of everyone's favorite songs and. What came out of that was that I I pretty much stuck almost exclusively to parodies, whether style parodies or direct parodies. Um, mm-hmm. You know that's what that's what he's known for. That's what uh, that that's what I tend to gravitate to. Um, that's what I tend to like. So that's what I picked. And what's 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 interesting is that Jesse picked a lot of the originals. And I don't know if people know that about Weird Al. You know they might know his parodies. They know him as a parody guy. But I don't know if people know that if you listen to an entire Weird Al album, you're going to get a handful of parodies, one polka, and then the rest are going to be original songs. And let me add to that this one thought. I do want to get your reaction to it. You may remember from a previous Metal Hammer of Doom where uh, Sean Garmer guest, uh, was a guest on, and we were talking about the difference between like rock and roll and hip-hop and R&B. My criticisms of hip-hop, rap music, R&B, et cetera, is that topic-wise, they seem to be very limited. Oh, yeah. um, you know, th- there's only maybe a handful of things that they talk about, and then I feel like it's just a lot of repetition. Whereas rock music tends to go in all kinds of directions. There's, there's an infinite amount of possibilities of things that they talk about. This is how you end up with things like pirate metal. Uh, with that being said, this fucker just wrote a song about a guy who makes waffles. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's right. And, and I mean, and it it proceeds the song proceeds to get so it's so funny because, you know, it, it starts out the song is about uh, you know about him being such a great w- waffler, I guess is the way you would say it, and then. Uh, at the end of it, I mean, he's telling people to get down and kiss his boots pretty much. And, uh, but yeah, and this is one of my favorites out of the whole library that, uh, that he, that Weird Al's come out with. Uh, yeah, he can, he can take this, he can do just about anything. Uh, just like you were saying, it's, it's limitless. Um, and that could be the, you know, (laughs) I don't know. I, I, I think, uh. When you look at Weird Al, and this is probably the best case that I'm going to try and make for Weird Al being as metal as possible, Weird Al makes—he he does original songs, he does parodies. But if you listen to the styles that he that he does, um, I mean, he's all over the place. He's in—he's doing rap. He's able to rap, which, by the way, if you guys—if—if if anybody has not had the chance to watch. Um, epic rap battles of history, where Weird Al uh, takes on Bill Nye. Which, by the way, it's not really Bill Nye, but it's definitely it's Weird Al as Sir Isaac Newton, Bill Nye as uh, or one of the one of the epic rap battle guys is Bill Nye. But anyway, Weird Al is rapping in that video, and it, it is amazing just to hear. Uh, because there's at one point where he recites a formula i don 't know if it's for gravity or what exactly it is, and then Neil deGrasse Tyson gets involved, but it 's all crazy, but anyway, he raps, he can sing, he can um you know he can do metal, which we 're going to get to a point where uh he actually does he takes metal songs or somewhat metal songs and turns them into polkas. The guy is a he's just like a switch hitter and can do just about dang near anything. Um, but uh, but yeah, you just heard a song, one of my favorites. The song is about nothing but waltz,
0: <laughs> And that's where we, where Weird Al brings an innocence to music that is very much missing today, uh, especially in, in pop culture where everything is very much revolving around sex. And it's for your children, folks. It's for the children. Um, <laughs> in any case... <laughs> Let's move on to 1996, Bad Hair Day. And this next song, this this was the big popular one. This was the one that got the video. Um, this was the one where people uh, sort of ran away with it and thought it was great. But there's a really funny story behind it um, where Weirdo Yankovic went to, oh uh, gosh, Coolio. That's the guy's name. Went to Coolio and was supposed to get permission for the song, and he thought he got it. But as it turns out, Coolio didn't want him to parody, and by that point, the song had already been released. So there apparently was heat from Coolio's side against Weird Al. Uh, you know, Weird Al has to get permission from you know the artist before they can parody, and generally speaking, he gets it. I think you know it's it's become a badge of honor uh, by a lot of artists to be parodied by Weird Al. Yeah, you know, you're so popular, you got parodied by Weird Al, the social critic. Um, hmm and the social commentator but coolio uh not wanting to be not wanting his music to be made fun of uh didn't want him to do that and that message apparently never got to weird al uh apparently there's some sort of miscommunication with managers and such in any case uh it did get made it did get released this is amish paradise a uh parody of coolio's gangster's paradise
4: even Ezekiel thinks that my mind is gone. I'm a man of the land, I'm into discipline. Got a Bible in my hand and a beard on my chin. But if I finish all of my chores and you finish thine, then tonight we're going to party like it's 1699. We've been spending most our lives living in an Amish pen.
0: What I also want to talk about with this song, and again, um, Al, Weird Al kind of taps into it with this, is we go through these phases in this country where, where, you know, we we find non-mainstream things and make them mainstream. And there was this obsession at one point with the Amish.
1: <laughs> They're just right up the road here. About another. Uh, let's see. Uh, about about an hour and a half up the road, you, you know, we we got some Amish paradises uh, here in Ohio. That's for sure. And right around Pennsylvania, um, eh, boy, you, you mentioned uh, the the controversy with Coolio. Coolio is actually going to be down here December twentieth, or I guess I should say up here, uh, uh, actually in Marietta uh, at the Adelphia. So we're we're bringing the big names in, folks. Albeit it might be 20 years too late, but we're bringing Coolio up to rock the house at the Adelphia. So should go in there dressed up like an Amish man and see how it goes. Um, yeah. <laughs> but,
5: but,
0: yeah, I remember there were like documentaries on HBO and all this other stuff where where suddenly like everybody was bringing a camera into Amish country and, and putting it on television. So it's really no wonder that Weird Al keyed into that and did the song. Uh, the video for it is obviously hilarious. Um, tell but me, that, something, that's tell really me something real quick.
1: On the, in the video, I, the woman that plays his wife, I swear to goodness, is fr- the wife from the Brady Bunch. I could be totally wrong on that. It could be just some unknown actress. But if you look at that video again, I swear it's the 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 lady that played the wife i wish i could remember her name i used to know it off the top of my head but uh oh man what is what was i can't remember her name brady bunch anyway well,
0: I, I think you're right by the way as i remember i remember and that, kind of like with the dick van Patten thing uh there would be celebrities um old and new sort of turning up in his videos in really odd parts. So it would not surprise me. And as I remember, she is in it, because I remember I got a lot about that.
1: Yeah, because I I remember seeing her, and I'm like, that totally looks – my wife is yelling Carol, which I think is the character's name from Brady Bunch.
0: That is is correct.
1: Okay, all right. So I can hear her upstairs yelling. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, man.
0: (laughs) Contribution from Min Starcher here on the Metal Hammer that is right. All right. Um, let's uh we have about eleven minutes left of live show. If you are listening live, we appreciate uh the fact that you tuned in to listen tonight. We we love our fans here at the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network, no matter what is said on the casual heroes. Um but <laughs> we do uh with the blog talk only allows us uh on my account to record up to two hours. So we are gonna go over um a little bit so when we run out of feed time come back in about a half an hour it should be in the archives for you to finish listening to the show. Um, we got a couple more albums left to go so you know and I and I don't want to necessarily rush but um so that, with that being said we'll move on to 1999s uh running with scissors and you know what we aren't going to play anything that he did with Star Wars because I didn't include uh the saga begins here but uh the saga begins with with a cover of american pie um don maclenahan's uh, american pie and the, of course it was a uh a, a parody not only of the song uh but it was also a parody you know not it was making fun of the phantom menace specifically jake lloyd's young anakin skywalker um uh, again i'm going to go off topic again and, and, and talk a little bit about this so I we brought my if people who follow me on Facebook, uh we took my daughter to Hollywood Studios uh last week of October and she's now calling off to ride Star Tours, which if you don't know what Star Tours is, it's a simulator ride where you ride in a in a tourist spaceship and you accidentally get caught up in a fight between the Empire and the Rebellion. Um nice. it's a it's a fun little ride. If you have if you have an opportunity to come to Hollywood Studio not Hollywood, um no, Hol- uh, yeah, Hollywood Studios in Orlando, Florida, there's a, there's a whole section dedicated to Star Wars, and that's where Star Tours is. So she's uh, she's three going on four, and she was finally able to ride the ride, and she loved it. She thought it was great. She's a bit of a daredevil, that one. So you know, I was so excited, and I'm such a nerd when it comes to Star Wars, that um, I told her she could buy any toy she wanted You know, when, when, when we got off the ride, and she bought herself a purple lightsaber, and a you know, princess Leia, Queen Amidala, dress-up doll. Um, where am I going with this? I'm <laughs> going to the fact that uh, when we got home, I actually sat her down and made it, and, and we watched A New Hope. Now, the question always becomes with with kids, and you've got older kids, and I and I do want your perspective on this. I swear to God, we're going to get back to playing Weird Al songs, but uh, I feel bad that we didn't include either Yoda or the Saga Begins, so instead I'm just going to talk about it. Um, but there, there, there comes the question, as an adult, if you want to hip your kids to Star Wars, and they they aren't coming to it independently via anything having to do with Legos, uh, the, the television show The Clone Wars, or the new one, Star Wars Rebel Rebels, um, how do you get your kids into Star Wars? And uh, there was talk about, you know, um, for a while, there, one of the things that, you, that you, people did on YouTube was recording kids' reactions to the uh, Empire reveal that Darth Vader is, spoiler alert, Darth Vader <laughs> is Luke Skywalker's father. <laughs>
2: um,
0: and if you, you know, if you start with the Phantom Menace, you blow the surprise. If you, um, you know, if you start with A New Hope, you know, it, it it there's all kinds of and you know and then you know you get to the end of the story and then you start all over again. It doesn't make any sense. So, um, somebody came up with the machete order of uh, of Star Wars movies, which is you do four and five and then you play two and three, and it's kind of like an extended flashback after Luke finds out that Darth Vader is his father. So then you get all of Anakin's backstory, and then when it's over, and Anakin you know becomes Darth Vader, we're back to we're back, and we finish up with Return of the Jedi. And you just don't even fucking bother with the Phantom Menace.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I have decided that, that is the that is how we're doing Star Wars in my house. We are when she's old enough to watch porn, she can go watch the Phantom Menace if she wants. <laughs> That's how I regard that movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're old enough that you want to watch Garbage, you can go watch The Phantom Menace. In the meantime, <laughs> we're, doing it, we're, do, we're, we're doing it with my house, we do with the machete order. <laughs> with that said, here's a song that has nothing to do with any of that. This is the All About the Benjamins rock remix parody, All About the Pentiums, from 1999's uh, Running With Scissors. It's all
4: about the Pentiums, baby. be hackers, cold crackers, flackers, wasting time with all the chat room jackers, 9 to 5 chilling at unit attackers, working at a desk with a dumb little blacker, yeah, being the bills with my mad programming skills, propagating yeah. my hard drive for thrill, yeah. I got me a yeah. 100 gigabytes of yeah. RAM, I never feed trolls and I don't read spam, install the two online and my Double-clicking on my miss out upgrade My system at least twice a day I'm freaking plug and blade I ain't afraid of Y2K i am down with Bill Gates I call him money for short I phone him up at home And I make him do my tech support It's all about the premium What? You gotta be the dumbest dude I've ever seen You've got white out all over your screen you think your Commodore 64 is really neat What kind of chip you got in there? A Dorito? You're using a 286, don't make me laugh Your windows boots up in what, a day and a half? You could back up your whole hard drive on a floppy disk You're the biggest joke on the internet Your database is a disaster your wax and your modem, trying to make it go faster. Hey, fella, I bet you're still living in your parents' cellar. Download pictures of Sarah Michelle Gellar. And posting me too, like some brain dead AOLA. I should do the world a favor and cap you like old Yella. You're just about as useless as JPEGs to Helen Keller.
0: <laughs> JPEGs to Helen Keller. You know, this, is, this, this song came out in 1999. If you only knew then, what where the Internet was going at that time, when the Internet was just a baby. I do not
1: think I – you know what I owned in 99? I owned a web TV. I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't – me and my wife had just got married and we were married for a year, didn't have enough money to scrounge together for a computer. Um, so we went, and on our credit card, we charged at Sears a web TV. Now, my friend, have you ever heard of the web TV?
0: I have, because I think my friend's father, who um, was old enough to be his grandfather, had a web TV. And uh, it worked as well as you might think.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I still I used that thing for, like, two years, I think. And uh, I, I, I think after that, I had to junk it, because it was just like, it, it would do... I mean, you could get on there. I can remember looking up, you know, news. This is right about around when... Shortly after that, the closing of WCW was happening, and I can remember really getting it onto wrestling websites through my web TV, so I could sit there and read. I mean, about the coolest thing about it was the fact you had a wireless keyboard and a wireless mouse. Well, I don't even think it had a mouse; I think it was just straight up keyboard. Um, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was something else. But yeah, if he if if some of the computer uh, jargon that he uses in here, I roomed with uh, one of my good buddies from high school when I went to college and he was the guy that pretty much taught me everything I know about computers Uh, my buddy Brad and I actually have a video from 90 uh, I think it was 98 where him and my stepdad who was also uh, trying to become a computer programmer he knew a good bit about stuff too that was kinda the way I had access to computers but anyway him and my stepdad sat down and had a conversation about the new computer that they were getting ready to build. And somehow we had a video camera running. And I have it on Facebook. And it is one of the most time... It's like almost going back in time to and looking at these guys talk about these specs on this computer. And it's hilarious. And then, But Weird Al just said he had a computer that had 100 gigabytes of RAM. And I just... Uh, I don't know too many computers that have that. Uh, I think I just went up to 8 gig last year, so and I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> but, of course, that's Weird out for you. He's going to take it to an extreme. Um, let me ask you real quick. I'm going to jump back to the machete order of things. Is that for somehow named after the character machete?
0: I don't know. Uh, I don't remember. I mean, I remember reading about it. Uh, there were some fairly lengthy articles written about the whole thing. But okay. I couldn't tell you like what exactly the issue was there. Um, just know, <laughs> just know that yeah, I, uh, I I read that and I'm like that really is like, kind of like, the perfect way to handle it so they get the best of both worlds.
1: Well, obviously it's a, uh, yeah a chop a way of chopping it up so people can understand what's going on. Um, it reminded me of the character Machete, which I found out last year was in. Uh, A lot more movies than I actually realized. Uh, Obviously, Machete Kills immediately comes to mind, but I remember my son was really into the um, Spy Kids movies, and Danny Trejo is in the Spy Kids movies, and he is billed as Machete. (laughs) That is no joke. (laughs) But anyway, I know we're coming up on the end of live time here.
0: Yep, Um, let's go ahead and move on to 2003. Um, That than 30 seconds left. Again, I want to thank everyone who listened live. Uh, Tune in uh, a week from tonight at 9 o'clock to hear the last episode of 2014 of The Long Road to Ruin. We we took about a month off, but we're back for one last episode, Gremlins Part 1 and Part 2, our holiday special, Jesse Starcher and I, uh, and then we'll be back in the new year. Thanks again. All right, um, let's move on to 2003 here, and uh, 2003 brought us the album Poodle Hat, and um, you know I really I struggled with this one, and, really, and what it came down to was I wanted to include at least one polka, because kind of when you've heard one polka, you've heard them all, but this one this one always stood out to me one because of the name, and how the name really su- summed up what was going on in music at the time. Uh, but also, I think this is one of his best ones. Even though it's kind of, you know, uh, second verse, same as the first. I mean, how many different ways can you do a polka? I thought this one stood out above, among them all as being one of his funnier ones. Um, also on 2003's Poodle Hat, none of the other ones really jumped out at me as something that uh, was worth pulling out to play here tonight. So here it is. Uh, I and mean, then Now, you did and we'll get to yours momentarily but this is the angry white Bi- white boy polka <laughs>
1: So one thing I love about this song, number one, we got System of a Down uh, in there. We've got, uh, you know, the the lyrics from System of a Down. We got the lyrics from um, uh, Papa Roach there at the beginning. Uh, we even get, you know, Slim Shady there at the end. Uh, and one of the things I like about the song is that he's taking all these, just like he says, angry white boy polka, all these angry lyrics uh, from from some very very popular yet you know uh, they're definitely uh, angsty uh, songs, but the 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 instruments play such an important part. The instruments of this song play play such an important part as a whole because when there's some downtime, all of a sudden you know either the style changes up. Or maybe just like right at the beginning, when he bleeped out himself, he used one of those crazy polka instruments. You could just see he, you could see him performing this like like a one man band. You know, he's got all his little things around him, um, playing his accordion and and hitting hitting a uh, hitting a cymbal or something at some point. But uh, oh man, I I, I lo- it's definitely a good song.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely one of my favorites. Um... Let's go ahead and talk a, bit, a little bit about your choice here, Bob.
1: Oh my gosh, this is the Weird Al song for me. Teasley has his nature or uh, his uh, his uh, good old day song. This is the best song I believe that Weird Al has ever done. And granted, he's come out with a few good ones here recently, but. Okay, I'm just going to paint a picture for you here real quick. I told you about getting back into to Weird Al in 2003. I'm working in the arcade, and I've got this song playing, okay? And I'll go ahead and let you play the song, and then I'll talk about it here. So go go ahead if you would.
0: All right, here it is, Bob.
4: Bonet ain't no basil. War song was wrong Was it a car or a cat I saw? Rise to vote, sir. You keep be God. You nine men interpret. Nine men I nod. Rats live on no evil star. Won't lovers revolt now? Raise. I am, may a moody baby do my yam.
0: So if you're <laughs> listening to that, and you're going, huh, that sounds a lot like a Bob Dylan song. You are correct. <laughs> that, was, that was done in the style of Bob Dylan.
1: Yes. Yeah. And let me go ahead i get so excited when i hear this song because i've been waiting to talk about this song for a few days now um actually oh, quite a while because anybody that i have a chance to tell about this song i'm going to if they're into weird hour interested this is the song um i'm sitting there in 2003 2004 and i'm listening to this song and i probably listened to this song or this album like five or six times and I kept going, what the hell is this song about? I understand it's Bob Dylan. And I understand, you know, when he would sing, sometimes he would, you know, do his his kind of thing, you know. Uh, But then I'm like, what the hell do these lyrics, these lyrics make no damn sense whatsoever. And then I start piecing it together. Each lyric is a palindrome. So it's going to be, if you write out the lyrics, it's the same forwards as it is backwards if you flip it. Um, so when we get to, I'm actually, when I start to realize this, I'm I'm like, bullshit, there's no way this song is that long and everything that he is singing rhymes and also is a palindrome. When we get to uh, the phrase, Let's see here. Uh, go hang a salami, I'm a lasagna hog. I'm immediate going. I'm immediately going. That's bullshit. There's no way. So I grab my pen and piece of paper and I proceed to write it out. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit! It it's the same thing. Now I don't ever claim to be the brightest guy in the world, but when you forego going onto the internet to try and figure shit out and you figure stuff out by yourself, it's it is a it's just a revelation and that made me love this song so much more not only that but when you look at the title of the song bob it is in itself a palindrome where it's for, same forwards as, as it is backwards so the guy took the name of a dude uh that sings in a very distinctive distinctive way one of the, one of our the most popular singers in in our time and then pre- created a song based pretty much in the style, the way he the way he sung things, and titled it by his name, which all fit together. It is one of the it is it's like a piece puzzle pieces that came together for a song. And in my in my opinion, this is probably one of the greatest songs I've ever listened to by Weird Al Yankovic.
0: Well, one thing we have learned about you on this podcast, and I mean this with all sincerity. Uh, and with, with love in my heart, you have way too much fucking time from your hands. <laughs>
1: hey, in the arcade, when we were in the arcade, man, in the mornings, on the weekdays, you ain't gonna find nobody in the arcade. So you got plenty of time to just go ahead and sit on your ass and do shit like that, trust me.
0: I guess you worked in an arcade at some point in your life? Mm,
1: I don't know if I said it yet, but I worked in an arcade.
0: Okay, um, Mindy, if you're listening... <laughs> Increase his honeydew list by a factor of 10. This guy he shouldn't be at home you're figuring out fucking weird elf palindromes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead and see. Right. laundry that I didn't get to today because I had to watch both my kids, and one of them's in a the state where he has to eat everything he touches. So, that being said, <laughs> come put away my laundry. Leave the damn lyrics alone. With that said, let's move on to. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to 2006's "Straight Outta Linwood," which I thought was hilarious when I when I heard that. This is um, this is one of the more popular songs from that album. We're gonna play two of them here. This is the first one. This is "White and Nerdy."
4: The Got skills, I'm a champion of D&D MC Escher, that's my favorite MC Keep your 40, out, just have an Earl Grey tea My rims never spin, to the contrary You'll find that they're quite stationary All of my action figures are cherry. Stephen Hawking's in my library My mind made pace falls totally pimped out Got people begging for my top 8 spaces Yo, I know pie to a thousand places Ain't got no grill, but I still wear braces I order all of my sandwiches for mayonnaise I'm a whiz mine sweeper, I can play for days Once you see my sweet moves, you're gonna stay amazed My fingers moving so fast, I set the place the play no killer app I haven't run At passed down, well I'm number one Dude, back Calculus, for fun. I ain't got a gap, but I got a soldering gun. Happy Days is my favorite theme song. I can sure kick your butt in a game of ping pong. I'll ace any trivia quiz you bring on. I'm fluent in JavaScript as well as Klingon. R.I.C. I'll be on. I know in my heart they think I'm wide and nerdy. I are just too wide.
0: Alright, a couple of things about this. <clears throat> One, much like with pro wrestling and cartoons and such, you get to a point in your adult life when you realize that things are just not for you. They're, they're, they're for kids, or they're for another segment of the population. And the the thing that was for you uh, in a previous part of your life is no longer that thing. And you can either accept that and move on, you know, or or you can try to fight it. But that's, that's what you're fighting a losing battle. And why I bring that up is, you know, if you look at Weird Al's early career, I, he was pulling top forty. You know, he was he was he. I think he, the way that he figured out what he was going to parody was. He would look at a Billboard chart, a national Billboard chart, and you know what was in the top ten, and that's, and, and he'd go from there. And it, it just is—it's a matter of fact that the top ten now tends not to be rock music. Now, rock music is in its own subgenre, and there's certainly a Billboard chart for you know hard rock and metal. But when you think about what is the most mainstream music it's not rock music anymore. It very very rarely is. You know, the occasional thing that floats up there, but it's, for the most part, it's pop. um, It's R&B. You know, it's, uh, it's not rock. And, so Weird Al is doing his job, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. And (laughs) I don't fault him for it, but it's, like again, it's it's like with pro wrestling or anything else, I'm not going to go with you. You know, and I think this is why I turned I tuned out Weird Al during this period um and only kind of recently went back to him with this last album that came out which is brilliant by the way Mandatory Fun is probably his one of the most brilliant albums he's ever done since uh Off the Deep End In any case he's doing his job by parodying songs that are uh that, that are top 40 R&B and hip hop and pop music But I don't listen to any of that garbage, okay? Okay. I had no idea where... I mean, the video for White Nerdy is is hysterical. And I actually... uh, I I give Weird Al a lot of credit to rap the way that he does and and mimic the... the, It's not singing. uh, Mimic the lyrical styling of whoever the fuck sings that song originally. (laughs) Uh, The song is called Riding. And, you know, it's... I mean, this is the metal hammer of doom, and I'm Mark Rattles, and I love metal above above all other musical stylings, and and, and I can't stand a lot of that music. I absolutely hate it. Um, so it's hard for me to then sit down and listen to a Weird Al album full of pop parodies. Half of them I don't even know, and that sort of takes the fun out of it for me. And I said that a little bit earlier, but then I was a kid and I didn't know any of that. You know, I didn't know any of those songs. Now I'm an adult. And I'm like, yeah, you've lost me. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, I don't know what any of this stuff is. Now, maybe you have a different perspective because you, you happen to have a tween daughter. You've um, mm-hmm. probably heard some of this stuff. And maybe you don't have like, yeah. a visceral reaction to to it that, that I do. Um, you know, I mean, right now I'm having to put up with, like, Sophia the First and Disney music. I haven't gotten to the stage where my daughter is making me listen to things like, and I'm dating myself here, the Spice Girls, that sort of
1: thing. <laughs> it's coming, buddy. It's coming. It's around the corner because I've got to do it every night. I'm in the car and the little girl's in the back. Honestly, dude, the way it works nowadays, the the radio's on. I take the fader and I fade it to the back where the kids are at. So I have no music coming out of the speakers up front. And I've got one earbud in the left ear listening to podcasts as I drive. I don't give a shit what's on the radio anymore because I know I'm never going to get to listen to it. Uh, that being said, though, I did have a rare occurrence here this past uh, Tuesday. I took my daughter to dance, and I immediately switched it over to a uh, rock station that we have, one of the popular rock stations here in the Valley. And uh, Iron Man came on by uh, Black Sabbath. And immediately, you know, I am Iron Man. And Caleb's like, I, I could tell Caleb kind of paid attention. I said, did you hear him just say he's Iron Man? <laughs> Caleb's like, yeah. So I got to introduce Caleb to Iron Man while out and about waiting on Kira to get done with dance. So, uh, when you're done, yeah, you
0: when get you're, hang on, your when time's you're coming. This, when, you, when you're done with this, wake your son up. Yeah. I know this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's not I know this to school tomorrow. I know his mother's listening, <laughs> but she's working on your honey-do list, so she won't even know. Um, <laughs> go wake your son up and play The Wizard by Black Sabbath. The Wizard. You'll all thank you for it in the morning.
1: All right, yeah, sure. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, is it is it is it a bad sign? Is it a sign that I'm a bad parent that like I've got my kids in the car and I, and one is less than a year, he's about you he'll, he'll be 8 months and a few days. The other one will be 4 in January and uh we have satellite radio in my wife's minivan and I keep it glued to liquid metal.
1: Oh. <laughs> I don't think that has anything to do with bad parenting in any way, shape, or form. I, I think oh. they need they need to be exposed to that at an early age so they can grow up with a good appreciation of it. So I I uh, I commend you, sir, one one thousand percent.
0: Yeah, my my wife is the one that likes to you know that lets them listen to like a children's station. I'm just like fuck that noise. They're not the ones driving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and with that. And with that said Here is another song from um, From this album This is uh, your pick This is Don't Download This Song
4: Once in a while Maybe you will feel the urge To break International copyright law By downloading MP3s From file sharing sites Like Morpheus or Grokster Or LimeWire or Kazan But deep in your heart You know the guilt would drive you mad And the shame would leave a permanent scar Cause you start out stealing songs Then you're robbing liquor stores And selling crack And running over school kids with your car So don't download this
5: Fucking
1: hilarious. And timely, too. Have you, I don't know if it popped up on your news feed and Facebook or not, but did you see that the Pirate Bay got raided and has been taken down? I think it was yesterday. Um, So I don't know if you're familiar with what the Pirate Bay is. I I am going to assume that you are, but the Pirate Bay is a... Uh, a website harbor for uh many uh, th- these are for this is for our listeners obviously that are not very familiar but uh, uh, uh based in Sweden you can basically go there and try and find uh many uh files i guess you would say that would be considered illegal including albums of such as this one um yeah fucking hilarious is right man i mean <laughs> you can't beat the fact again not only is it timely but he mentioned four very defunct uh app, oh I, I don't know if they call them apps but i uh, you know programs that you used back then morpheus grockster limewire kazaa i believe all of those have uh, have fell to the wayside
0: now but uh I have had a lot of computers with limewire back oh in my day oh my
1: gosh limewire i can remember my buddy calling me up I put LimeWire on here and I've got a horrible virus and I'm like, "Yeah, dude, you need to stop putting <laughs> that shit on your computer,
0: dude." <laughs> yeah. Um, I let, let let me let me stop you right here and say, "I learned my lesson with LimeWire. Stop stealing music." And I get into this conversation with people all the time, you know, um, you know, the guys in the rest of cast um uh, most recently, but I've had been doing this now for for many years. There came a point where I said <clears throat> that you're being punished for stealing and you can convince yourself that it's something else, but it's stealing. It's somebody else's stuff that you're not paying for. And while the, well, occasionally I'll go on YouTube and use one of the, uh, you know, YouTube to MP3 things to steal a song. Um, I, it's not one that I'll usually keep. I do, usually I do it for the purposes of this podcast and then I delete it off my computer. Um, which I'm which I regard as borrowing in any case, um but as far as like keeping it on your computer, you know it 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 is stealing, and the fact that we all got viruses from these programs from back in the day, we deserved it and <laughs> and' can hear people all the time like like they have some sort of right to steal because it, you know the stuff's too expensive or they don't have money or whatever you know whatever moral uh wh- wh- however they um however they they make it an, I don't know what word I'm looking for here but <laughs> how they rationalize it in yeah. their own minds the the fact of the matter is that that's what's doing and i find it hilarious that like he used the style of charity songs to tell people's feelings oh, yeah and and this was a
1: you know back then in 2006 he, he had mentioned those those few things i mean uh obviously when i think of you know piracy uh, I can clearly remember Napster and the whole oh, yeah, yeah. Lars Lars Ulrich thing, and and I love the fact that it, Weird Al is taking my stance on things here, where I just feel like you know they it it feels like it's too criminalized to me. Like it's such they make it sound like it's such a horrible thing to download a song and you're stealing you're you're taking food out of people's mouths. <sighs>
0: Come on. I mean, these guys are making a killing. with you, but It's kind of a toothless thing if you say, and and we don't have to get into a long debate about this, but let let me say this. Well, I don't think going to jail because you stole someone's music. That seems like a bit much. If you don't punish people in some way, then it's sort of a toothless thing. You're you're sort of like, okay, well, then we're on the honor system. Well, we were on the honor system already, and people stole, you know, at large. I'm one of those people. Like I said, I, when I discovered Napster, I couldn't, I wouldn't get off the computer. I stole everything, you know? And then when, with LimeWire, again, I would just spend hours in front of it stealing music. And then they just came to a point where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. You know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. This is just getting ridiculous. And many people go through through their entire lives and never come to that, come to that realization that that's what they're doing. mm -hmm. And like I said, if you don't punish people in some way then what what incentive is there for them to stop? You know if I tell my daughter uh pick up these toys on the floor, if I don't give her some sort of incentive or if i don't you know if I, if I don't issue some sort of consequence, what reason does she have to listen to me
1: yeah but yeah. the 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 punishment that we first saw coming out of these things granted, I don't see a whole lot. Much more about it, like I used to. But I mean, when they threaten you with thousands of dollars for one song, I'm just like, you've got to be freaking kidding me! Or you're—he even mentions it in here about—I th- I think where he talks about how, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a grandma or a seven-year-old girl; they'll treat you like the evil, hard-bitten criminal scum you are. <laughs>
2: I mean, right. and, I, and,
0: I, and it, I said that. I said, I said the punishments were excessive. But there had to be some some punishment. I mean, you know, and and again, I, I think a fine would have done it. You know, I, I, I think a, a substantial fine one time and you were done.
1: Yeah, let me let me you know, let me take let me take us in a different direction here, real quick. I, I want to get this out before we go on to the next track. Um, at, at this is one of the things I picked up off. I, I wanted to mention this off of. Uh, uh, I got this off of the. Uh, behind the music I was watching there. And you might recall this, but, you know, prior to this album coming out is when, uh, and I know it's totally off off track here, but th- this is, uh, in 2003, Weird Al lost his parents um, to uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because you had mentioned what a, what a great performer this guy was. Um, a testament to that is the fact that he got a call an hour before a live show about his parents dying. And he was told, you know, it wasn't like that was kept from him. Hey, they, man, you're, you're, you know, your parents are dead. He said, let's proceed with the show, and we'll figure this out later. And uh, he, I don't think he even, I mean, I don't know if he canceled any dates on his tour, but from what I understand, he kept touring. And he admits that that was a way of not dealing with it, but uh, it was, I think it was in, I remember actually hearing the news about this uh, in, I think it was in 2000, I think it was in 2003 or 2004 uh, about his parents. I mean, that would be, obviously that was a hard thing to deal with, but he, uh, you know, as a a performer, he he felt he owed it to his fans to continue, and continue he did so. I don't know if I could do it, uh, so definitely um, uh, much big props to that guy.
0: Indeed. Let's go ahead and uh, move on here. We start winding down before we run out of extra recording time. Um, we're going to move to 2011's Alapalooza, the one track we chose from here. It's actually not one I was very familiar with, so I kind of gave it a quick s- listen. And, then, um, and this is the one that I came up with. This is Party in the CIA. And now I remember why I picked the song, because I actually really... Because as much as I said, oh, I hate pop music and all that other stuff, occasionally something happens, you know, like I'll hear like an Avril Lavigne song or something, and I'm like, ah, I like that one. Uh, well, Party in the USA, I think, I don't I even like that song, as it there are memories associated with it that are fun and happy for me. So here we go, Party in the C.I.A.
4: With a plain and simple dream, wanna infiltrate some third world place and topple their regime. Those men in black with their mansion suitcases, where everything's on a need to know basis. Agents got that swagger. Everyone's so cloaked and dagger. And am feeling nervous, but I'm really kind of wishing for an undercover mission. That's when the red alert came on the radio.
0: I should mention this. Um, kind of going back to the conversation about having, um, you know, the music that your kids listen to versus what you'll listen to. Uh, <laughs> I had, I, I was taking Lily to to, to the YMCA for um, for dance and whatnot, and I had on baby metal, and I was kind of, you know, playing it pretty loud in the car. And I kind of, and I turned to her and I said, "So, what do you think of what Daddy was listening to?" And she went, "Nope, too loud, too fast."
1: She has opinions on music, man. It's just going to get worse from there. You keep
0: telling me that. Um, <laughs> right. So yeah, party in the USA, party in the CIA. Um, like I said, this just—I—I—I I, I think there were movies and stuff associated with this, and like you know, my wife, who's seven years younger than I am, um, had a reaction to this song that I thought was funny. So you know, I like it. It's—it um, it was harmless. Any uh, any thoughts on this one?
1: No, oh, that's a good one. Um I mean I'm sure there's you, you always have that government conspiracy uh and I think we're going to get to that here in a few too. Um but this is definitely a government conspiracy uh wrapped in a beautiful little pop song. Uh fun fun little uh, fun little story. Uh this guy going into the CIA and and he kind of gives us his resume and what he's done. Um <laughs> it's some good stuff.
0: Speaking of which, Clutch is going on tour, and um, they're going to be oh, in yeah. Orlando the weekend of my daughter's birthday, which means I am not going to be able to go.
1: No. Oh, dude, they're supposed to be in Bogarts in Cincinnati, I think, on the 27th. Um, I can't remember who they're touring with. I don't think it's anybody.
0: With, yeah, I know they're with Lion Eyes again. Um, who else uh, Okay, I, I got to hear Lion
1: Eyes when they made it down here. A couple years back, um, which they were, I thought they were pretty impressive. Although I, I, I think I yanked a, a, an album off of Spotify and listened to it, and I was like, they've been around for a while, which I did not realize. Um yeah. That, but, uh, but yeah, they they had a good sound to them. I'd love to make it to the Bogarts. Uh, I that's where I went and first saw Volbeat. Which, by the way, did you make that concert that you were talking about? I never even you mentioned it, but I don't even remember if you made it.
0: No. <laughs> Whatever it wasn't, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right um, All right, then. And, and this is and this is why, like, I oh, it was um, it was uh, five finger
1: death punch and
0: Volbeat. Uh, and, and hell yeah, and like we we just we couldn't get there, and I I just was, I told my wife I'm like, you know, until the kids are significantly older and this sort of shit doesn't happen anymore, I'm not buying tickets to anything, you know, unless we're actually going with my kids, which. I can announce now here on the Metal Hammer of Doom in 2016 will the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network and the Rattledge family at large will be taking an excursion to Dallas, Texas for WrestleMania 32. Woo. Nice. I, I decided, I told my wife, I, she asked me what I wanted to do for my 40th birthday. And because I'm a child, I said I want to go to <laughs> WrestleMania in <for> Dallas. <battle.
1: laughs> That's awesome, dude. That's awesome.
0: So, what age is too young to bring your child to a wrestling match? I Like, uh, you put a pictures of you and your family. So, like, you know, has Colt been to a show? Colt's the youngest one, right?
1: Yeah, Colt, Colt's the youngest one. Um, I can tell you right now, Caleb went to one with me over the summer, and he will not be going again until he's probably six years old. And the whole reason for that, my friend, is the well, fact I'll that you – uh, he's four, so it's, it's going to be a couple years. Uh, the the main reason, dude, have you have you had a chance? I mean, have you t- have you taken Lily to some movies?
0: Oh yeah, we've seen The Nut Job, The Lego Movie. Oh god, what else did we see? Oh, we, well, we saw How to Train Your Dragon two in the in the drive-in. Um, okay. So he's, well, we She uh, saw Frozen a few times. I'm sure Jonas is
1: not going to be getting up and running around. But, you know, next year it's going it'd be tough to, it'd be tough to tell cuz I'm sure he'll probably be he'll be getting into that walking stage, but I can tell you right now, man, with Caleb, dude, after 20, well, I'd say after about an hour, it was you can't enjoy yourself. That's where that's where I start to draw the line. It's where I cannot enjoy myself for shit that I just paid for. That shit's not going to happen again for quite a while. And he mm-hmm. would—he just wouldn't listen, and that's—that's that's the way it is. You just—I can't tell you—I don't know if Jonas will be able to hang out. If you're going to be able to enjoy yourself and deal with the kids at the same time, more power to you. I wish you the best. Okay.
0: Good to hear. <laughs> and uh, we'll be right back on the Parenting and Rattledge Network here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're fucking right. metal, man. We're fucking metal.
0: You know it's funny. It, it, you know, it was, I'm, I'm sitting here making a joke about the fact that we're talking about like parenting and whatnot, and you're not really focusing as much on the music at this point, which is a, a, a staple of the metal hammer of doom show. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, I listen. I, I was saying before, I listen to liquid metal, and everyone's got kids.
2: That's <laughs> I'm right. listening
0: to like bands do interviews, and uh, they had on Exodus, and one of the guys in Exodus has a side project with his two sons. Wow, yeah. Wow. And the DJ who was interviewing him was talking about like his girls and and you know and how they're you know growing up metal too. So you know, I, I, I suppose that it goes with the uh, with, with the theme nowadays. You know that if you're into metal, you you should also bring up the fact that you have children and talk about them incessantly, <laughs> like I do. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to the last song here. Last song of the night before we we say goodbye to 2014 here on the Metal Hammer of Doom. Um, I have to say, Mandatory Fun was really probably one of his most brilliant albums uh, in the last couple of years. I mean, every track on it. I remember first of all, I did a video for every single one, which w- which was pretty extraordinary. Um, when it came down to picking out a song, I picked what I thought was the what I thought was the funniest, best song. But if but if I had gone with um, the one, if I had gone with the best video, it would have been tacky. I could watch the tacky video over and over and over again. I think that's the funniest thing I've seen in quite some time. Um, and the actors that he got for it, I thought were hilarious. Even though I'm not a huge fan of Margaret Cho, um, but you know the other. But I mean, overall, I thought the idea behind it, you know, and the presentation were great. However, I'm more of a fan of uh this song. This is Foil from Mandatory Fund.
4: I never seem to finish all my food. I always get a doggy bag from the waiter. So I just keep what's still unchewed, and I take it home. Save it for I don't care, i got a secret trick up my sleeve I never bother with baggies, glass jars, Tupperware containers Plastic cling wrap, really a no-brainer I just like to keep all my flavors sealed in tight With aluminum foil, foil Never settle for less, that kind of wrap is just the best To keep your sandwich nice and fresh, stick it in
1: Oh, man, I know you have to cut it off somewhere. And unfortunately, the song is only like two and a half minutes long or something like that. But, I mean, we've just, if you are listening to that song for the first time, which was the, I think it was the first single or at least the first video uh, that got released. I, I could be wrong on that. Maybe it was the second or third video because you, you mentioned how Weird Al he did, he did something I've never seen before, and it may have been done. But when, when, you know, I'm sitting there on Facebook, he's got an album upcoming, and they're like, hey, oh yeah, by the way, Weird Al's going to release, like, a video for the next eight days. A different video for the next eight days for the upcoming album. I'm, like, sitting there going, oh my gosh, I don't think this has ever been done. Um, however, I just heard recently that I think Beyonce did it Uh, uh, I don't know if it was recently or just a few, a few months back, but regardless, this song is one of those classic Weird Al swerves. First off, we talked about Weird Al singing a song about, uh, waffles, okay? Uh, And me and you, by the way, I just want to let our listeners know, me and you both picked this song. Uh, I was I would have loved to have seen what what uh, what Coop would have picked, but um, we both we both liked foil, and so what we got there at the beginning of that song was a tribute to aluminum foil, and so when I'm sitting there listening to this song, I was I was like okay he's he's doing one of his random things where he's singing about some of the goofiest stuff. So the next set of verses, I'm just waiting for him to go on and on about uh you know more applications for the use of foil what instead we get is the f- the fact that there is illuminati it takes such a dark turn and a huge you know this is one of gavin's for his uh whiskey rebellion conspiracy corners but it they there's the illuminati's out there the black helicopters are flying around and he goes on this huge dark path and you're like, where the fuck did this come from? And then we tie it up right at the end with aluminum foil, where he proceeds to put aluminum foil on his head. And you're like, Oh, that's where he's going. Um, And this is totally When I first heard the song, I, I was so confused. And then at the end I was like, okay, now it makes sense. Such, it was genius to me, genius to me, and of course, like you said, the video. Um, we got a lot of celebrities in the videos that he released, uh, and this one right here, we had uh, Patton Oswalt. Is it Patton Oswalt? Yeah, is that his name? The guy that that was directing the video, uh, uh, and you know, the video's obviously a lot of fun. Um, let me go ahead, and I'm gonna. Tie up. I'm going to finish up on this. I'll let you go. But I'm going to tie it in from the beginning, my friend, all the way back to when I was talking about the hum. Not the hummers. The hum. Uh, <laughs> on, on that podcast that I listened to, uh, Stuff You Should Know There, they, they had stated that in order to block electromagnetic frequencies, okay, the easiest way to do it is to make an aluminum foil hat. So there you go. <laughs> if you suffer from the hum, create yourself a foil, aluminum foil hat, and perhaps you may be
0: cured. And as long as you're not going to hurt yourself or anybody else, you won't get Baker acted. or psychiatrically hospitalized, If you way that's out of Florida. And that, folks, brings <laughs> us to the end of our show. Uh, if you like me and Jesse having a casual commit, then tune in again the same time, same, uh, same day, next week, a week from today, 9 o'clock uh we'll be doing our other show which uh went into a bit of a hiatus there due to some scheduling conflicts but um last show for the year two thousand fourteen The Long Road to Ruin which we'll be back uh in full effect in January. We'll be doing two shows, one with Jason Offit uh for Star Trek two, three and four or as I call it the Spock trilogy, and then um a week two weeks after that or two weeks before that depending on <laughs> Whenever I get a confirmation from Jason, uh, we'll be doing Lethal Weapon with Chris Evans if he's not uh, uh, if he's not unavailable. I don't know what his availability is going to be these days, but that's that's what I have planned for January. And then Sean's back in February. We'll uh, we'll kick it off with Fantastic Four, mostly so that we can rant about the new movie.
1: Oh yeah, he's fired up and, already. I can tell.
0: Yeah, and then in um, the second half of February, we're actually going to finish up Rocky. And do Rocky Five and Six, which people may may know, uh, we started off the Long Road to Ruin with the Rocky series, and we never finished it. So that's what we have for February. Um, in uh, I, in, I'm trying to tie more episodes of the Long Road to Ruin to uh, upcoming releases. So, uh, like, we'll probably do Iron Man around the same time as the Avengers Age of Ult- Age of Ultron. Uh, it's a shame we've already done Jurassic Park. Seeing as Jurassic World's coming out, mm, but, um, yeah. but but when Terminator Genesis comes around, we'll uh, we'll hit the Terminator series um, uh, at the very least one, two, and three. We may we may leave off Salvation because it was uh, terrible. Yeah. So um, so with that being said, uh, you know, like I said, we'll, Jesse and I will be back next week to do Gremlins one and two, and that's our holiday special on Long Road to Ruin. Um... Jesse, I'm gonna let you have uh, final plugs and the last word. Okay. Actually, you're not um, the last word because uh, I have to. I, I have to do my final off. But. Are, yes, the, you are. Yes,
1: you are. You are the the captain of the ship. So, um, but yeah, my closing thoughts on you know we did we just went through 14 albums of Weird Al Yankovic, and I'll give you my uh, one of. My, I'll just leave you guys with a personal uh, memory uh, of Weird Al That's when I. Lesson you have to do it in less than 15 minutes. Well, it it, will, it certainly will not take that long. Um as a as a child, um we moved to it wasn't very far uh, outside of my school district that I was in. So I had to change schools. This was about 4th grade. Um went into went into went into this new school, you know, didn't have too many friends and it wasn't, you know, it was kind of just like any other change you got to adjust to it and try and fit in. Um well, one of those things that I started doing in fourth grade was choir, uh, and anybody that listens to this uh, podcast, if there is anybody that listens to it, from that knew me from fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, one of the things that I was kind of infamous or fam- famous for doing was during downtime in choir, my teacher, our teacher would actually let us bring in music to listen to. And I think we may have mentioned Dr. Demento on, you know, previously tonight. Um, that's kind of where Weird Al got to start. Well, I was a big fan of the Weird Al or a big fan of Dr. Demento show, and of course that kind of probably led into Weird Al. Uh, but I was able to bring in these these funny songs and play them, and so all the kids kind of looked forwarded forwarded. They kind of looked forward to me coming in there and and playing these. Um, these funny songs. And of course it made everybody laugh and it kind of got me in the good graces. And I, I wouldn't say it became popular, but you know, I made some friends off of that. So I attribute Weird Al to a, a lot of, um, a lot of good memories in school uh, and, 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 and helped me, help me adjust to a time in a time period in which a lot of times it's pretty rough. So uh, that's my, that's my heartfelt memory of Weird Al Yankovic. Um, now, as for plugs, I'll just go ahead and get into my plugs real quick. I had to write them down because I always forget. Uh, plugs, were, I'm going to talk about source material. Source material is on here every Monday. We do our best to uh, summarize some of the great and not-so-great story arcs out there in the comic book medium. Last Monday, this past Monday, uh, I finished up part two of Star Wars Dark Empire, which was jealous, a... Sir. I
0: wanted to get in on that,
1: but I, I can't get on on Mondays. Well,
0: I understand. You know, I, we gave you that slot because nobody had it because we're all watching wrestling.
1: <laughs> everybody's <laughs> watching wrestling. Yeah, yeah, it it was fun. Have you? I mean, did you ever have a chance to read it when when it, when it uh, oh, yeah, recently
0: or I was a huge fan of the Dark Horse comics during that period, so I read all the Star Wars Dark Horse stuff that came out. Yeah. I also read the Alien and Predator comics that were out at that time. Um, yep. You know, that's why I wanted to jump on and talk about that. But I, like I said, I haven't. But you've had a couple. You've you, you've had a couple of shows. So I was like oh, I wish I could get on there, so I mean, um but i, I just i can't I can't you know get on on that happens
1: today. that happens, man, one of these days we'll get you on there, you'll have a free time, you'll have some free time on your hands or something, but um, but yeah, finished up dark empire that was a that was a fun story, um you know, one of the most famous dark horse books uh in regards to star wars, as far as I know, uh so it was a lot of a lot of fun to cover cover that that was a solo solo effort on my part uh now, next week is gonna be a lot of fun. Next week is going to be me and Teasley uh, and Ronnie from Screaming Boy, and we're going to tackle Batman the Killing Joke, which will be, that will be a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be the whole, you know, cut and dry, this is what happened in the book, and here's what happened next, and blah, blah, blah. I think we're going to have a pretty good discussion about it. It's going to be one of the more lively shows, I'm sure. Um, Of course, uh, as you Graciously plugged there uh, it, on uh, Tuesdays. It's me and Teasley talking the NFL and usually any other sports news that happen from the Cheap Seats podcast here on the Rattleditch and Broadcasting Network. Um, this coming Sunday, the uh, from the Cheap Seats podcast will be invading. And we use the in, we use invading because if anybody listens to it, you're going to hear a familiar uh, a familiar little ditty. Um, but we're going to be invading the Screaming Boy podcast, and we're going to talk some of our favorite, uh, favorite our favorite Christmas movies. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Now I don't know when that episode will be up. It'll probably be the following Saturday, but I know this Sunday is when we're going to be recording. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at StizNarchy. Um Please go like and subs- like or subscribe. Well, I think it's going to be like the Radulich and Broadcasting Facebook page, uh, you know, and go check out check us out on Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, and iTunes. Just search Ratlitch. Uh
0: One last plug. Uh, first of all, check me out on the latest episode of the Casual Heroes. It's actually up. It's called uh, Emergency Broadcast System because we recorded on Blog Talk Radio, not uh, Skype as we normally do. And that's why it's up within 24 hours, and it's timely. We re- we previewed uh, NXT, our takeover, which is now our revolution, our revolution <laughs> Um Something. We, we previewed the new NXT quarterly special. We also previewed TLC. Um, I ranted about, um, in defense of CM Punk signing in the UFC, uh, we actually talked a little bit about the UFC in general and how um, they need CM Punk because their pay-per-views are for shit. So... Uh, give that a listen. It's up on casualheroes.com Uh, this Monday, if you're in the Tampa area and you want to stalk me, I'll tell you where I'll be for nine hours. I will be at the AMC in Brandon watching the Hobbit marathon. So it officially comes So the battle of five armies officially comes out that Wednesday, the 17th. I will be seeing it on Monday night after sitting through, um, the first two movies.
1: Yeah. You know, what's funny is that we actually have to, we're, we're kind of, our Ronnie's going to be showing up a little bit late to the source material cast because of that fact, he will be, he will be doing the same thing uh, where he lives. He'll be running the marathon at the theater.
0: So I'll be seeing the battle of five armies as will Robert Winfrey um, Monday, the 15th. And then on the 17th, he and I will get together again here on the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network and we will be reviewing the Battle of Five Armies, our final movie review of the year. And we probably won't be doing another one again until uh next year's Age of Ultron. Because we uh I only hit the blockbusters. Um if something comes out before that though that, that that we want to do, which I don't have the I don't have the schedule in front of me, then uh then we might do that. I know Pants coming out next year. Um you know, we'll definitely be doing Age of Ultron, Jurassic World, Genesis, uh, etc. The Force Awakens a year from now. But um, in the meantime, for the uh Jesse Starcher, this has been a Rattle Broadcasting production of the Metal Hammer of Doom's Weird Al Yankovic Holiday Special Retrospective. Uh, See you in the new year. Be well, be safe, and behave.